Hey there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Back from the Dead. You know, I was cold before we started, but nothing really warms me up. Better than an ice-cold brew from Atlas Brewery. Hey, Justin. Who is this guy? Um, (laughs) Did you let him in here? It just, I mean, as soon as it hits the lips, it's nostalgic and new at the same time. Mm. Uh, This glorious dance of days pale ale from Atlas Brew. I don't know who this homeless man is, but his words melt my heart. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Atlas Brewery uh, melted the ice when they took these fine beers out of their freshly brewed, refrigerated state Mm -hmm. and uh, delicately packaged them and sent them to us. Yes. And now we're partaking in this. Shout out to our uh, beer sponsor, um, which is much different than an Alcoholics Anonymous sponsor. Whoa, we're not going to go there. Uh, but shout out to uh, Atlas Brewery, where you can drink responsibly. Yes. Uh, and you can uh, uh, go to their website, atlasbrewworks.com. You can order beer. Uh, I'm drinking this District Common Craft Lager, which they recommend you drink with lemon chicken, local oysters, or pork medallions. Uh, I'll take any medallion I can get, like Mario Brothers. But um, this beer goes very well with uh, chilling with you guys. Can I say Mazel Tov? Yeah, have, have a nice Cheers. Cheers. Mazel. Happy yeah. Hanukkah. We're recording this two days after Hanukkah has yeah. ended. So, oh, are we? All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is actually our special Christmas Day episode. Yes. If we get it right, if we nail it on, t- on, on the point, if I yeah. save the princess from Bowser, we're going to get it out there on Christmas Day. Right. Guys, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to, to one and to all a good night. Shout uh, out to General Joy. Yeah, the Atlas Brew Works gave us this beautiful Christmas present of mm-hmm. beer. Mm. Justin, I normally ask, "How was your weekend?" Okay. You told us, "How was your beer?" Yes. What was that? What was that brew again? Oh, this is the Dance of Days. Oh which wow, you is could that, do all night. Is that a Led Zeppelin song or it, um, oh, it, Dancing Days are mm-hmm. here again? He the Dancing oh, Days put a, put a sock down yeah, my pants. There you go, doing the thing. It's a good Listen, look. Yeah, this is very nice. What do you pair that a beer of that nature with? Well, not only do I pair it with uh, snowy mornings and. Good friends, mm. Mm. Yule logs and trees, right? Uh, yeah, as per the holidays. But this pairs really well with a uh, sharp cheddar, mm. pad tie, yeah. or house shows, which we all miss. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got to tie a pad up in the how behind the drummer at the house show. Get a little can- noise yeah. cancellation. Do Muay Thai on the pads. With I know friends. what pad thai mm. is. I toured with the artificial brain guys. <laughs> they like the little the little fancy foods. Um, uh, <laughs> Thank you to our our, our, our uh, beer sponsor, Tom. Uh, your weekend, I'm sure, was great and all that. You can get to that. What's going on with the beer? What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Bullpen Pilsner. Uh, it claims to be a baseball beer, and I I don't know much about baseball, but in bowling terms, it's a perfect game. It's very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> this pairs well with half smokes. Are we talking about just smoking half of that bit? Yeah, just the box. Uh, peanuts, cracker jacks, and chin music. Uh oh, some of that uh, sweet chin sweet, music, right? That's yeah. delicious chin music. Right. right. It's an all American style beer. These are fun, these ad reads. These are great. We're not even getting paid for this. We yeah. just have a sponsor. Well, it's we're different. getting paid in alcohol. Yeah, that's great. true. I do like these people. No, that, and, and you know, I like you guys. How was your weekend? Tell me what's going on. Uh, it was great. Well, Justin, wow. I want you to go. You want me to go? I got something I've been saving. But I just got here. Okay. <laughs> Get the so, fuck out of here. <laughs> no bounce. Seriously. I don't know what I did. I've been waiting for. Uh, for my Sadus record to arrive in the mail. Mm. Um, what album? That's the that's that Misery one. 
Oh, did you order it from uh, uh, Seasons a, of Mist? No, I did Discogs. I found a, a guy oh. on Discogs selling it. So I, potentially a little. Listen, shout out know, to Seasons you know. of Mist. Uh, they, I can vouch for them. They'll did send, I fuck up? They'll send it out to you quick. Did I do wrong? Nah, it's fine. Yeah, Whatever. Well, you may you did You did you, Whatever. and I did me. In the words of a wise man, uh, you're the only one accountable for you. DMX. Yeah, a vision of misery, right? Yeah. So uh, it should be delivered as we speak. Um, and I'm hoping that the mail guy doesn't fold it up and put it yeah. in the mailbox yeah. like that's been known to happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, you know, shout out to the to the mailmen and the male women out there. Mm-hmm. Hard times. It's the holiday season. Yeah. I don't know if I actually shoveled uh, a path to my mailbox, so I'm sorry for that. Well, let me shovel a path <laughs> to Tom's weekend. What's going on over there, tough guy? Funny enough. I've had uh, some discogs trouble myself recently. Um, not allegedly. I think it's more due to the postal services, not so much the sellers. Yeah, it's all but, um, clogged up. Yeah, I got a. I, I uh, had purchased the, that Eternus album behind the, uh, the the old moon there. Forgetting what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, that's just silly. That's one that you can still get from a number of reputable districts. Well, I was just looking up. Uh, you told me twenty bucks spin had it, and they're all out. And I'm not surprised. Um, either way, I ordered it from a gentleman in Sweden, and I guess he was like, "Dude, that's just ridiculous. That's that's just ridiculous. That's that's just ridiculous. Why? Why would and you?" And now, I, and then I got an email. Uh, I oh. went through my emails, and oh my, my my stench of redemption vinyl is in uh, limbo somewhere in the postal uh, happenings. So, what, what are you guys doing? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm obviously a, fucking yeah. up. I should have bought them long ago, as you did. Oh, yeah, well, boy. See, we. Sold all our cash for Bitcoin, so it's only a digital kind of thing that we're doing right now, which right. is doing great, to be honest, except uh, uh, when you try and bring it back to the real world, then it gets lost in the mail, like my Grim Reaper shirt from Germany. I, right. I feel like you guys are trying to buy merch in, in the, the world of the movie Tron and wear it in real life. I don't know what's not working out. I buy records and I get them. Yeah, we're trying to download clothes. Yeah, I, like, what the fuck? Uh, this is you so wouldn't weird. steal a clothes. Yeah, you wouldn't steal. Oh. My shirt size is two gigabytes. So what? So, hold on. You said you were holding something back, a little something you want to tell us. Uh, I've been doing special things. It's the holiday season. Uh-huh. All right. I'm All right. wrapping the old Christmas presents in uh, the comic section of the old Newsday. I'm not fancy. That's my yeah. move as well. Yeah. I why? love doing that. Yeah. It's, it's a great... Passed down from my other uncle. That was, that's not what else is... Yeah. It doesn't matter what's, it's what's inside that counts. I love it. Right. You know, much like the picture of your favorite death metal band. Um, bought myself a little present. I don't know if you guys picked up the special glow about me. <laughs> I treated myself. I looked out for number one for once, and I treated myself to a new pair of champion sweatpants. Oh, yeah. yeah. You from, do look good. From the- oh, my God. You, you <laughs> like taller. I've been sitting down, but you do look taller. Thank you. Yeah. I know. It's just the sweatpants. I got great. them at the big and tall section of uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Yeah, thanks for nice. wearing these yeah. in front of us. I only wear them on special occasions, and tonight we definitely got one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, though, I've, I've been, you know, we used to have, like, the Twilight Zone episode marathon on New Year's and things. And as a kid, we had the... the they show the, the uh, was the, the, the Christmas story. They run it all day long on TV. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff. I treated myself again. I made sure I had all the presents under the tree for for the little guys. And by that, I mean my parents and my aunt. <laughs> uh, and, but and but I treated myself again. I had my day off. I had a I had a marathon of my own. You guys remember? Maybe you're too young. Uh, the FX Network program, yes, of course, the police drama, The Shield. With Michael Chiklis, yeah. a.k.a. The Thing. S dot H dot I dot. Yeah, never watched it. Yeah, hmm. dude. 
it's ba- it, it basically took all that like political intrigue slash gritty street gang uh, uh, task force drama slash the cops personal life drama of like the Sopranos and the Wire and NYPD Blue, and it kind of locked it in a room with uh, uh, like a case of Red Bull and a bunch of um, new metal bands from the early 2000s after new metal was over. I want to be in that room. It, dude, it, I, what a fucking show, man. It, <laughs> uh, to watch it nowadays and just reflect. Yeah, so I watched a few episodes of that, and I was just on one, man. It was great, nice. dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of like if you b- took the wire and just boiled it like a soup in Red Bull for a few hours while listening to Kid Rock. That that's that's what I used to take uh, the, to to high school for lunch. Yeah, well, classic Southern cooking, Red Bull soup. Yeah, because I was a cowboy. Well, oh, that, that sounds like a hell of a marathon you had there. I love that. Story. All right, well, listen. Uh, enough about us. It's Christmas Eve. Uh, it's Christmas Day. Wherever you are, it might not even be Christmas. It might be some pagan holiday. I don't know what you're doing, but thanks for listening to us, Justin. Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, uh, Tom. Happy holidays. Thanks. Um, you too. I know why you said that to the listener. Yeah. No, listen. <laughs> I'm going round table to myself <laughs> and uh, everyone in the hood. Feliz Navidad to the Hall of Huntington Station. Uh, tonight, we have a very special treat. Uh, you talked about, um, in, all real- in all reality, you talked about some southern, some southern soup, some southern stew. We got a true <laughs> southern gentleman on the horn tonight. Uh, we're going to the deep south. We're going to the deep old school. Uh, we got none other than Trevor Paris of Obituary and Dark Forces Live oh, on the horn. Oh, fuck. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, what's yeah. Dark Forces Live? Right. I don't even know. Oh, man. One more present under the tree. What is that? Take Newsday, ship it down to your aunt who moved to Florida, tell her to turn to the obituary column, call up that number, and get him on the phone. Uh, Heavy Hole Podcast, I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, joined on this beautiful Christmas episode. Uh, By the way, Trevor, we're doing this on Christmas Day. Uh, Joined, joined, as always, with my co-hosts, Justin and Tom. But tonight's special guest uh, for the holidays, we got Trevor Paris from Obituary uh, and co-founder of Dark Forces Live. We'll talk about it with us. How are you doing, Trevor? All right, pretty good. And by the way, did I get your name right, sir? Yes, you said it perfect, actually. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know how many times I've had it said wrong a million times? In fact, I accept it every way, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my my, uh, my birth name, my legal name is William Smith, and they call me Will Smith, so I get a whole lot of shit about my name, man. I get it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know how it is. But uh, but it's all about you, not me right now. And uh, we are going to get into uh, Dark Forces Live, which is your latest venture, uh, live streaming concerts. And the inaugural concert uh, is January 2nd with Long Island's own internal bleeding, right? Yes, sir. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, I have yep. I have some questions about right just right off the bat for the start, and people um can go to uh, darkforceslive.com uh, for that information. And we're going to grill you about that and get into all that uh, in a little while. But we always start off um, from the beginning, and the listeners know where I'm going. We always ask our, our guests, are you from a particularly musical family or a family where people were friendly to rock and heavy metal prior to you um, being born and coming up? It was uh, definitely a musical family. Like, my father played guitar, my uncles all played, my great-grandpa. He actually had a, uh, they, they were like a bluegrass-type band. They were called the Ozark Mountain Men. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there's definitely a musical background with my whole dad's side of the family, big time. <laughs> wow, so... Which is pretty cool. Grow, growing up, uh, how young are you introduced to a musical instrument, and is it guitar at first? Yeah, the guitar. Uh, well, I wanted to play drums originally when I was a kid. Because <laughs> drums are amazing, obviously. But uh, <laughs> I was—I think I was ten first time I got a guitar, and um, I didn't really practice that much. Obviously, even today, obviously, <laughs> 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 because I'm more the rhythm dude. Which you know, just making the music and making it sound killer and heavy and riffs and never really got into worrying about the lead stuff but yeah i was probably at 10 first time uh, all right do you think maybe you have like a different uh perspective on where the rhythm guitar uh fits in because of your your family background with bluegrass and, and those sort of arrangements is, is there anything there uh, uh maybe i mean i don't know um just being a kid like in general like any child like growing up listening to music in general you know I've always loved music and it's a primal thing for me you know like I, uh, I hear rhythmic shit in my head all the time like in fact, like I said I wanted to play drums originally which mm -hmm. I think that's where the whole being a rhythm guitar player creating riffs and patterns it's all part of the drums. It's all the same. You know, like it's percussion and drums and guitar riffs, which creates the backbone of a song, you know? Yeah. It's kind of always been there in my brain, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to break it down in simple terms. <laughs> you know? So uh, what part of Florida are you? Are you originally from Florida? Yeah, I was born, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, Jacksonville. And, um, uh, when I was like 10, we moved down to Tampa area, and the irony was the Tardy, John and Donald, were born in Miami, and they moved the same year to the same neighborhood as I did in like 1970. I mean, 80. It would have been 79, 80. And we met each other the same year, and we just moved from two different towns into Brandon, Florida, which is near Tampa. And uh, we became friends, and then... Uh, just started happening from there, I guess, musically. <laughs> yeah, well, followers of the band know that uh, I guess you guys started off as Executioner as early as 84, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was our original name. And, uh, we, uh, whatever, just a bunch of, bunch of dudes making, th we were kind of like thrash metal at first, I think, maybe more. <laughs> and then it got heavier as time went on. And, uh, but yeah, 84 is when we first started. 
Yeah, because I usually ask our guests, like, when do you notice metal? When do you notice underground music? But at that point, you guys are pretty much at the forefront of it. I know, like, like famously, Celtic Frost and Hellhammer are supposed to be big influences on you guys, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't know that, I was wrong. <laughs> totally. I mean, that was like the first time I heard Hellhammer, I was like, oh, my God, that that's where I want to be right there. That's the so primal and heavy and and um, dark and just it gives out those emotions that, you know, you try to hide, I guess, maybe, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, that's um, what death metal is all about. Yeah, big time. So, uh, with with Executioner, uh, you guys changed the name to just the X in the beginning and eventually settle on Obituary towards the late 80s. Um, and uh, could, could you tell us just a little bit? Because, like, we actually, we recently had uh, Lee Harrison uh, from Monstrosity on the show. Um, right. We, we had your bandmate, Terry Butler, on the show uh, a few months cool. ago. And, and a few other a few other people kind of uh, from, from the old school Florida scene. Uh, like, what was it like back then experience? Were you aware at the time that you were kind of in the middle in the late 80s of a big death metal explosion? Or was it just like, yeah, that's what the guys are doing? No, I, well, we were just kind of doing our thing. We, you know, we didn't know what it was, what we were creating, you know, it, it was just something that we were doing for ourselves, you know, because we loved that feeling and the sound and the heaviness. And locally, there was other bands doing the thing, and we're all jamming together and doing shows. So, no, we had no idea that was going to turn into this craziness. <laughs> Here we are, you know, 30 years later, still talking about it. It's pretty it's pretty uh, monumental, actually. We, we had no idea, though. You know, it was like, oh, we're doing this, and we're going to kick the world's ass, and we didn't know. We just yeah. felt it in our hearts and had fun doing it. And all of a sudden, then the whole world loves it. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, I mean, we'll get in, we'll get into some of uh, you know some of the things you guys have accomplished. Talking about those early days when you guys are transitioning from executioner to obituary, when death metal is still kind of a very new thing. Did you have trouble? Uh, getting shows and performing live, did people look at it like, like, no, you have to sound like a certain thrash metal band, uh, death metal's never going to last, why do your vocals sound like that? Was it tough at first and rejected? <laughs> no, no, we're, I think, no, locally here, we we would do like little shows here and there, and we never, I never, I don't remember ever getting any negativity from promoters or they all accepted it. You know, I think yeah. Tampa Bay is pretty good for like, rock and hard rock and metal in general I think forever before there was death metal you know like the outlaws they come from here and, uh, so people totally like rock and metal in general I think in this area so we were never like shunned upon at all I never I don't remember ever having a bad vibe like that you know so yeah. Yeah. it was pretty cool I mean and obviously when we put out our first album then we were touring like a professional band so that was totally a different ball game but but before that, it always seemed pretty cool, you know, really. So, I mean, when you put out Slowly We Rot, is that the first time you really got out of Florida? Did you do a lot of touring around the States before that? No, no, we didn't tour much. I mean, we went to, like, Mexico, and we did the Milwaukee Metal Fest or something, you know, around that same time frame. And then, actually, 
Slowly came out in 89. We didn't really tour, like a full tour, till 90. June, I think. I, I actually, we were recording and finished recording Calls of Death. And we finally actually did like a real American tour. We went on tour with Sacred Reich. Um, yeah, I think it was like June or July, maybe, of uh, 1990, before Calls of Death came out. So when we did that tour, it was basically the story of rock. We called it Starting Slow in America. <laughs> that was kind of our first, yeah, rotting slow in America. It's funny. Yeah. But that was kind of our first real tour as far as, you know, doing more than a date here or there. I think it was close to 30 shows on that tour with Sacred Reich. But that was our first, you know, time actually going on a tour. Uh, wow. So because a lot, a lot of times, um, you know, you hear about bands t- touring a lot and then putting out their first album. But you guys at least had a little bit of that support going out on, on the first. Is that I mean, would you say that or would, or would you say you were still kind of going out cold to support the first album? Well, yeah, I mean, well, we had obviously we were on Roadrunner Records or Road Racer or whatever it was called, RC Records back then. But uh, I mean, obviously they were supporting us, the label. And we we had no idea that people gave a shit at all. But when we got that tour and we went out with Sacred Reich, and within the first couple of shows, they're like, holy shit, people are tripping on this shit. You know, like we knew immediately, holy hell, this is pretty cool. And we just, I guess, whatever, we were just a bunch of rednecks down in Florida just smoking pot, fishing, and drinking beer, and didn't really... We're just making music, you know. Yeah. We didn't care or know to care. I guess we didn't know to care. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. We were like ignorant <laughs> to the whole situation. You yeah. know what I mean? We're just like chilling, fucking. Man, I whatever. wish I didn't care. I'm going fishing, and next thing you know, we're on tour. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Did you ever go fishing was, on the road? Did you ever find a spot and go fishing somewhere I, new? I have never done that. It's so funny you ask that because I've thought about it so many times. Like, damn, I should bring a rig with me and. But it's like, every time we pull into a city, you know, you're there barely 12 hours. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's kind of hard. It would be hard to do. But I've thought about it. <laughs> and you don't want to be so, on the tour bus, like, with fishy clothes or something, you know? like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, shit. Everybody's thinking <laughs> anyway at that point. Who cares? <laughs> What's the fish? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, so, something I got to ask you about while we're still in the old school days, and you talk about shows and people are tripping. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics. But a friend of mine who was who was from Florida and was around for some of the early days of that stuff, he related a story to me that allegedly there was an obituary show way back in the day that got so out of hand that the crowd kind of pushed the staff out and started trying to burn the building down. Do you, is there any alleged recollection of something like that? No. <laughs> that's, the, no that's, that's, that's some bullshit. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. All right, we'll leave it alone. Yes, I'm like... <laughs> All right, we'll leave it alone. Hell no. All right, we'll leave it alone. I'm not going to get into specifics. Whoever that is, they do your full of shit. <laughs> okay, man. All right. Well, maybe, maybe he was just busting my balls because I'm a little bit younger and I'm from New York, man. I don't know. Uh, hey, it's cool. It's yeah. funny, though. The good one. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he he told me that the crowd started pushing the the bouncers and the bartenders outside, and they lit the place up. And obituary kept nah. playing. And, all right, man. Well, no, there's no video of it, so we'll leave it alone. Yeah, I, if it that happened, I don't remember. Okay. I mean, we we definitely had flash pots back in the day. And I remember one time we about burned the roof ceiling off wow. down in South Florida one time, but there was no bartenders getting 
pushed out and uh, <laughs> okay. we want the bartenders there. We need beer. What's up? Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> and, and the security too, man. The security. Don't we get rid of the bartenders? If, if, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I shout to all of our bartenders too, man. It's been a rough year, man. Um, we yeah, don't, we, don't, oh, we, don't, we don't need to talk about about what's going on with the venues uh, any anymore. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. But um, uh, hopefully, these people can survive. You know, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely rough, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, all kidding aside, um, but but well, since we got that out of the way, I kind of had to fact check that that um, yarn that somebody spun on me one time. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, but you know we get we talk about that and we we know that famously uh, James Murphy comes in to play lead on Cause of Death. Alan West, uh, I guess I, I read somewhere Alan West left because he had some family uh, responsibilities um, to focus. Yeah, on at that point. well, yeah, because we were obviously yeah we weren't touring at that point, and you know money there's no financial stability, and his girl got pregnant and he had a child, and like he just kind of did his thing. He had to, you know. Yeah. The the thing, well, the thing I'm getting at with James Murphy coming in, because you know, being a big fan of just the whole scene back there, and there's a lot of interplay between people on different albums, you know, uh, people guest appearing on albums and, and so on. Um, uh, you, that was your second of several albums at Mora Sound, which we, everyone knows the Mora Sound legacy and all the different albums. It comes up on our program a lot, talking, interviewing people. Did it did it right. seem back in the day being part of that scene like it was almost it almost seems to me like maybe like a metal version of like Motown how you have, you know you have like uh, it, it's yeah. it, it's a studio that's just known for a sound and a genre to the point where you're even inserting session musicians you know we also talked recently about how Paul Masvidal of uh, Cynic played on the first Master album and that process right, right. and uh we you know we see james murphy be was james murphy brought in by the band or was that more of like a production um decision no well, we okay we were when we were doing calls of death we you know alan left obviously and um all the songs i was writing all the music and we started recording it and we're like well we don't have anybody who's in in the band to play lead at all and i mean i could have done a couple things but I'm like whatever you know that's silly so, but like, in uh, James left uh, Death. He was with the band Death, obviously, yeah. at the time. And um, uh, I got a call like at freaking midnight one night. I think it was Scott Burns. He calls me and says, like, Hey, just let you know, James Murphy left Death, and I'm going to give, give him your number to call you because then he, we were actually in the middle of recording it already. Cause of Death was already being recorded. And um, so James called me and he's like, hey, uh, I heard you guys need somebody. I was like, yeah, come on down. And we hung out and showed him the tunes. And, and like I said, it was already being recorded. I mean, all the riffs, all the rhythm, everything guitar-wise was done, basically, pretty much 100%, pretty much 100%, I think, at that point. Might have been a couple of little things fixed, but then he came in and um, joined the band. We practiced a couple times and he learned the riffs and you know, we showed him all the stuff and he came in and did lead over it all the rhythm I did all the rhythm tracks I did two rhythm tracks and the whole deal on that album but uh, and that was the first time we actually that, that was the first time we actually turned down the D it was actually the whole album was written in normal standard E440 tuning <laughs> the whole entire album was written that way and um, 
Was it just yeah, like a studio choice? Like, uh, like, well, yeah, we were in, yeah, we were in the studio. Literally, all the original scratch tracks were even in E. And uh, one day, uh, when they're about to do my final takes, and Scott looked at me and goes, Hey, you ever thought about downtuning? I was like, No, <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about it, you know, because like, whatever. I'm like, Whatever, dude, I'm just a dude playing guitar. I don't care. I don't know to care. <laughs> and really, I mean, totally innocent, you know, like, not even, it's huh. weird, you know? And stuff like, what do you think? And all, like I said, all the scratch tracks on that album were totally in E. It'd be funny if we could pull that out. You know, it'd be funny to hear. It. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it might be a fun thing. Like, to what do you issue. think? Yeah. yeah, it'd be weird, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was changing strings that day. Is what it, that's how it came about. I was putting on new strings to play the wrist, the final takes. And do you ever thought about down there? But no, because when we try it, it might sound even heavier. I was like, Scott Burns. That was Scott Burns. It was fucking funny. I'm like, okay, I'm, whatever, I don't care, yeah, let's try it, you know? So we set my guitar up and intonated it and everything for to be in tune with D, because, you know, when you, ch- you change your tune, you gotta intonate the guitar and the whole thing. And uh, Scott, somehow, I don't even know how Scott knew this, he knew how to intonate the guitar, which I've learned later, obviously, but it was funny. <laughs> He's like, intonating my guitar, I'm like, Scott, where do you know this? He goes, I don't know, I was just, He's out of his mind, yeah. So he <laughs> intonated my guitar, tuned it to D, played the wrist. It was like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, cool. I guess it sounds heavier. I don't know. Whatever, cool. We'll just do it. And ever since then, it was been in D, you know? Wow. Because so, wow. slowly was in E, you know? Yeah. But then, yeah. so, so okay, so I got sidetracked. But then James came in and played all the leads over the, the album. In fact, you know what's funny? It was one... <laughs> I was going to do a couple little dive bombs on this one part. He got all, he got upset that I wanted to put a little heat over something. It was funny. <laughs> I'm being honest. So I'm not holding back, but it was funny. He got all butthurt. I was like, dude, chill. Dude, that's what he's a dive bomb. <laughs> I'm like, dude, my fucking music anyway. What the fuck? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, Alan had actually written a lot of the material before uh, that's on Cause of Death before he left the group, right? No, well, no, one song. He called the okay. death. And him and I wrote that song together. Okay. And uh, obviously, Pondy arrives. But all that, no, those are all my songs. Okay, okay. That's well, all me. All right, so James, James comes in. But the, yeah, so you want to put your own dive bomb in. I get him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah. Well, well, yeah, somehow, I don't know how, because, you know, the writing thing with the, we put obituary, we always just put oh, songs by obituary, we, we don't care, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But no, I wrote all those songs, except Cause of Death and me and Big Al wrote that one song together, and the rest is on me, so. Yeah, man, well. Just well, to get the record straight, because I've yeah, heard some yeah. people say, oh, yeah, no, I wrote all Body Bag, all that Chopped Ass, it's all me. I was in fucking, I was actually in college at the time. Going to mathematics, fucking, I was in like whatever physics class or something, and this song chopped in half came in my head while I was in class. I was like, oh, dude, I got this riff. I wrote it in, in college. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there, and I told Donald, to check this out. He's like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. I was like, well, I was in physics. Yeah, man. Yeah, doing those maths. Well, technically, chopped in half is a math equation. Yeah. So. Oh, totally. <laughs> it is completely a math equation. Yeah. <laughs> well, music. Well, yeah, music is definitely more mathematical than and scientific than it is emotion or whatever. On the other side of reading. <laughs> well, 
music in general, right, is like more of your math side of your head. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think that um, it's like a subliminal math. You know, most people aren't thinking of yeah. math, but it's it, it is best explained that way. Well, especially like some of these extreme death metal bands, some of the shit they're doing is totally mathematical. Like, oh yeah, right. Oh, are other minds. Yeah, bands like Meshuggah and, and stuff like that that just make math. You know, they sound more math than they do music sometimes. And that's, yeah, totally. that's cool. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah, and it goes right over a lot of people's heads because of that you know it's so intense. It's like. Mm-hmm. Even like suffocation, even those guys are out of their mind, you know? Some oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, love, love from, that shit. From your perspective, because, you know, we're, lo- we're a Long Island centric podcast. I- I'm going to ask you about catastrophic later, just just to prelude that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're Long Island. Cool. Yeah, we're friends with Pyrexia, and, and, and you know, we're f- big fans right. of, of internal bleeding and stuff, and all that. From your perspective, um, you know, Suffocation was an early, a very early on in the game death metal band. Uh, how do you think Suffocation? Do, do you think that they came up more with that um, that rhythmic chugging style, or is that something that was always inherent in death metal, or is or or is that something you can really say came from New York? I don't know. Um, I mean, well, death metal in general, I think, is rhythmic. Is like you know, and obviously. It's a little different style than what we're doing here in Florida, you know. So yeah, maybe they did come up with that, that dun, 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 you know. Yeah, that riff. It's, it's always that riff. Is, yeah. Which is funny too, because it's almost like a little hardcore influence too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like hardcore would do that stuff, which is funny too, because I think we were influenced by some hardcore stuff. I mean, I loved like DRI as a kid, you know. Loved that kind of shit, which is completely not chugging, but. You know, you hear like Sick of It All, or you know, okay, even later, Hate Breed, those kind of bands. It's all kind of a similar, you know, yeah, absolutely, uh, I, kind of like cohesive together. You know, totally, man. And you're actually you're actually setting me up for something I wanted to ask you about. Um, uh, maybe not so early, but we'll we'll shoot for it now because you're totally talking about it. Uh, in the last. I don't know how long you want to say, maybe five years, maybe ten years, but mm-hmm. it seems like Obituary has really enjoyed a newfound following of younger fans that grew up with hardcore. Uh, if you know what I say, it almost seems like there's a very modern, new version of crossover going on, and Obituary seems to be at the forefront of it. Do you see that from your perspective? That's, that's funny you say that. I mean, uh- there's always been, I think, from day one, like a hardcore following with our band. Because mm-hmm. I remember we toured with like AF back in 92, and skinhead dudes would come to me and go, dude, fucking hate metal. But we <laughs> love you guys. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. that back then, you know? And yeah. so for kids who like hardcore music to like us, I think it makes sense because, I mean, I mean, okay, we're deaf now. Whatever you want to call what you will, but there's definitely like this hardcore attitude in some of the riffing and the speeds and the tempos, and it's kind of similar. I mean, in a way, you know. Yeah, well, you it really talk- isn't. So it's for younger kids to like that, that like hardcore, makes I think it makes sense. Totally. It, well, it's funny because you mentioned hate breed. I mean, I'm 38, so I was going to high school, like, 96 to 2000, and I remember the Victory Records initial movement of, like, Hate Breed, uh, Strife, Buried Alive, and it seemed like those bands were all taking cues from, like, Obituary and Slayer 
and thrash metal in a way and making them into hardcore. And now it's almost like everything is just kind of uh, got stirred together. You know what I mean? It's like there's... Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the same vibe, you know? It's just the vocals are a little different, you know? And then the different attitude, edge thing, you know? And the lyrics are, you know, you know, you know just blood and guts and shit. So you <laughs> get some, you know? And it makes sense. I mean, we did that tour with uh, Hatebreed, you know, a couple years ago. I had so much fun on that tour. I mean... All those dudes were friends, and we've been friends for years now. And what a killer tour that was! I mean, and I could tell that the, their fans enjoyed the shit out of us, you know, because we're pretty evil. But it's like huh. you can't deny the riffs <laughs> and the progression. That's same kind of shit, you know. Hell, you see, you know, Hey did that cover album, you know, did one of our songs, a Slayer song, and, you know, exactly. So yeah, it's all kind of the same, you know. Well, yeah, and you know, not not to, uh, I don't want to gloss over the end complete, but we only have so much time tonight. And what we're talking about, I feel like, um, you know, we should mention that on the end complete, your next album in '92, Alan West rejoins the band, and that yep. al- that album is known, I believe, at this point, a quarter million sales worldwide. It's like the highest selling death metal album, right? I, shit, I think it might have been like four hundred thousand. I think that's <laughs> how many units it did. Well, yeah, so yeah. we'll let the we'll, we'll let the yeah. suits do the math. All right, I'll... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, not to gloss over it, but just that what you're talking about with the hardcore, the metal, it's all melting together. Uh, something I, I've thought about because I've seen a lot of like slightly younger hardcore kids from my area. All of a sudden, everybody's big on obituary, and it's it's great, you know. Um, and something I think about is the first album that really got me into obituary at my age was World Demise in '94, and I think it's safe. Right. It's is it safe to say that you guys took it like slowed it down and took it to where maybe some of the hardcore bands picked it up later on? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I it was just a progression for us. There was no nothing was methodical. Like okay, we're gonna do this now. Oh, yeah. It was just kind of. It just kind of happens how it happens. Maybe different musical influences going on too. I don't. I don't even know. That was a uh, yeah. That album too. We had more songs than any album. <laughs> Long album, like fifty minutes, I think, or something crazy. And all the weird shit we did, the sound effects. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there was a lot of uh, maybe LSD was flying too. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> who Allegedly. knows? I don't know. I mean, well, because before that, I did the album with Mitch from Napalm. We did that album, Meat Hook Seed, and we were all tripping on some weird, like, fucking skinny puppy and shit like that. Weird stuff. So that might have influenced that album a little bit, too. <laughs> wow. Yes. I. All right. So I was going to get to that, too. Uh, Meat Hook Seed. Hold on, hold on a second, man. You got me tripping here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meat Hook Seed, totally. you, you were on the 93 album, Embedded, Earache Records. People could look it up. Um, yeah, Mitch Harris from yeah. Napalm Death, Donald Tardy also from your band Obituary. And that, yeah. yeah, that was more of like an industrial metal uh, kind of thing. So with World Demise, you guys kind of slowed things down. You get, you, I mean, Obituary always had groove, but you get a little bit more into the groove. And you start using samples was there any um, maybe pushback from from longtime fans or anything like that? Did anyone not like that? No, I don't think so. I, you know, we never got a bad reaction from it. I don't think at all. I mean, 
I mean, from what I'm remembering, you know, I'm, I don't remember. Like if people were tripping, like, oh, what the hell are you guys doing? I remember, okay, wait, we had a road case company we'd buy rent cases from for touring. And I remember those guys were like, well, there's no more skulls in your album cover. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was that. I was laughing my ass all day. Okay, dude, whatever. <laughs> what, it didn't even matter, but it was funny. I, but no, I don't think we got any backlash at all. I don't, I don't remember if anybody, you know, people seem to love it. Like that song, Don't Care. They were tripping on it. And it's a weird album, though. It is a weird album. It's funny if I go back and listen to it. Like, so a lot of weird shit going on. <laughs> Yeah, like well, I said, I think it was LSD was involved. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, man. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to pry too much, man. But what uh, I, was that? Was that something that was prevalent, like in the writing process, or was that like more of an experimental thing at that time? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, maybe some experimental stuff, a little bit, you know, weird influences going on, and um, just trying to maybe break the shell a little bit, you know, too, maybe. In fact, some of the sampling, the, some of the sample ideas and stuff that we did, I kind of wanted to do earlier, like on the Incomplete, I kind of was having vibes of like, let's do this weird shit, you know? <laughs> I wish we didn't. We waited an album later. But, yeah. uh, did you have, did in you fact, have... I remember Roadrunner. What's that? Oh, no, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. I was going to say, I remember Roadrunner, they were even like, Oh, we kind of wanted you to do this earlier too. And I was like, "Well, I thought about it on the incomplete, but whatever. Here we are now, a couple years later, <laughs> we're doing it now. So whatever." <laughs> it was funny. Did you ever? Did you ever take LSD and perform a show? No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't even like to do that shit anymore, anyway. But you know. I'm older. I'm, I've got kids. I can't even imagine doing that shit. Well, we're talking about. Yeah, I don't even like. Like on stage, I mean, I'll drink a couple whiskeys, and I don't even like to smoke pot before I play. Now, I get all fucking weird, <laughs> like uh, like anxieties kind of from it. <laughs> if I play, you know, it's like yeah, it's like that. I'll word. drink a couple whiskeys, yeah, a couple beers, get loose, and that's perfect. You know, oof, right in the pocket. You know, yeah, dude, a couple beers, loosen up. All the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Is, and a shot of whiskey here. Boom. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically how we do the show here, too. Because we always have... Right. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, we're, ta we're talking <laughs> to people whose music we've been listening to for a long time. So it's like, eh, I'm going to have a beer. going to hang out. Hell, yeah. Oh, I know. I just got done drinking a few. That's why I almost forgot about the interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good, I'm man. Drinking. <laughs> well, it was the Christmas time, you know. And the pier, I go, I, I go down there fishing and... Right at the end of the pier, this dude got this big ass house, and he's like, "Oh, we're having a little house party today." I didn't even know. And then next thing you know, I'm in there, and they're like, "Here's a shot, blah I'm like, "Okay, cool." Oh, and then I got home, and he calls like, "Oh shit, I got this interview." Like, Fuck, retard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. We we I, we've I've done a few things. Shout out to uh, Steve Eggs from uh, Ohio, man, the noise artist. We interviewed him. Once and I, I bungled the whole scheduling, and he was waiting on us. Man, it happens, and uh, and it all worked out. So, something I actually forgot—I almost forgot to include our questions from our Patreon listeners. We asked, we we allow some of your fans um, who uh, subscribe to our Patreon to, to insert some questions here. And cool. Um, uh, cool. I'm glad that you brought up Meat Hook Seed because our listener Adam Moore wanted to know 
uh, a little bit more about that. He said, while I imagine most people primarily think of you as a guitarist, what can you tell us about the time you spent as vocalist for the lesser-known 90s industrial metal band Meat Hook Seed? Also, what's the story behind Meat Hook Seed's impromptu gig at the Masquerade in Atlanta? <laughs> well, it was actually, uh, that was actually in Tampa. That was the Masquerade, when it was a Masquerade, there was a Masquerade in Tampa, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, for vocally weird, it was totally weird for me. I'm like, well, because yeah. Mitch, you know, the reason I got asked to do vocals is Mitch, he would see when we toured together, he saw me like more playing, and he'd see me singing like John, like on stage. I'd, the lyrics come right out of my body, just like John singing. And he's like, dude, you ever thought about singing? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, Somehow he suckered me into doing that, and uh, it was pretty funny. Because we were all, me and him, were both totally on the same page as far as hearing weird industrial stuff. Like I said earlier, Skinny Puppy was like one of the bands that we were tripping on a lot. And, um, By God 20 and all these weird industrial trippy fucking bands. So he uh, somehow taught me to do vocals. It was weird. <laughs> and, I, mean, I can't even see me doing that, like for a real deal like in front of people <laughs> it's kind of weird well, <laughs> I'd rather be behind my guitar <laughs> it was the it was like the only time that you really dabbled with vocals on a project right yeah oh yeah totally yeah absolutely uh, well, you speak- no, we did a show in New York City too by the way we did we did one in Manhattan uh the hell I can't shit some small club it's funny there's like about 100 people there it was pretty funny all right, man. The hell was with it? it was a band. Oh, God, who played with us? If I can remember the name of the band, you know who they are, too. They played with us. Can't remember right now. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, well, one thing I was curious about, you, you're talking about industrial bands and, uh, you know, obituaries, uh, you, you know, up there, you've done some uh, prestigious things. Uh, you ever run, you ever cross paths with Marilyn Manson, maybe back in the day or anything? Well, actually, yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, he. He did. He opened up for us. Well, what in Marilyn Manson, obviously, but it was a uh, what the hell? Man? I forgot the name of the band he had at the time. But we were playing down in South Florida, like in shit, probably ninety, nineteen ninety, maybe or eighty nine, probably ninety. And uh, we we're like, who's this weird guy over here in the corner in the backstage? He, his band opened up for us that night. Wow! 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, isn't that man. funny? Yeah, well, that's well, it's funny because years those... later we saw an interview. We saw an interview with him in a magazine one time. He's like, his favorite bands in the world, Slayer and Obituary. Like, oh shit, that'd be horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, that was fucking. Yeah, there was some uh, some Rolling Stone article with him years ago where they talk about him like cutting up lines of drugs on a, a Merciful Fate CD or something like that. And I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe somebody got a Merciful Fate from it. Who knows, man. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, well, all right. We, we talk about partying a little bit. Uh, and respect to James Murphy. We're fans of his music on the show. I, I've I got the impression from things I've read that maybe, and we're talking about twenty five, thirty years ago. Maybe you guys partied a little bit harder than he was at that point, and that's why you parted ways with him. Well, I, I don't think that's why we parted ways. I mean, yeah, we definitely like to party. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, 
No, I, I think it was mainly just because, you know, Alan West was part of our band. And he, he was in a position, like, we were in a position where somehow we have a career kind of going on this deal here at this point where maybe he could now go on tour and be able to afford to take care of his child, too, at the same time, you know? And uh, that's kind of how it was. We just wanted, you know, Alan's our buddy. You know, he was with us from day, you know, not day one, but almost the whole time, you know? So we kind of wanted Alan in our band, you know? Yeah. I think that's what it basically boiled down to, you know? It had nothing to do with partying, no, not at all. Okay. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean... I mean, really, we didn't even party that hard. We just like to smoke pot and drink beer, you know? Nothing wrong with that. It's America. Yeah. Occasional <laughs> wine, maybe, <laughs> here and there. But no, it was never... I mean, we had fun. I mean, we'd get drunk and back to raise hell, but never nothing, like, over the top. We've never been that way, you know? All right. Well, it's good to clear the air on that. Um, and, and uh, you know, that's... And, and also... Um, it's like you said, Alan West is kind of synonymous with the band, especially for that period. So it makes sense. Um, and you know, we talked about World Demise. You guys come, literally, n- no pun intended, but you come back in '97 with Back from the Dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, is it fair to say that's a little bit more of a straightforward obituary album than World Demise? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Totally. Yeah. It was like, uh, totally. Yeah, it was like straight to the jugular, fucking. Hardcore riffs, all galore, all over the place, and death metal, straight up, you know, like back to basics, you know, totally, back from the dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, and it's also, I believe, the first time you didn't work with Morris Sound Studio for most of the recording, right? Yeah, yeah, we went, yeah, we went down to Criteria, yeah, and we had a different producer and everything, just to shake it up, you know, a little bit. It was like, you know. Plus, God, he was so burned out at that point, you know, the whole, he was literally living at the studio. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, we're talking about 97, so, I mean, already, yeah. like, probably hundreds of albums went through that place by that point, and oh, yeah. something we've talked about with a lot of artists uh, over the over the course of our shows is that, you know, you talk about 1997, towards the late 90s, Death metal and grindcore were experiencing a little bit of a downturn in popularity, uh, and things like new metal and hardcore and even black metal were be- becoming more popular. Did Obituary experience that, or were you guys kind of able to always ride that crossover even in the late nineties? Yeah, I, I don't think we ever had like for us. It seemed like it was always still. Seemed like people gave a fuck still you know (laughs) to say it simply but uh i mean obviously right after that too we took the hiatus for like five six years you know after that and uh i think that had something to do with all this like people starting to have children and all kinds of weird shit going on you know marriages that was kind of why we took the hiatus too i think but um but yeah i don't know it didn't seem like i mean we go on tour we went on tour for back Back in the dead, and it seemed fine. Everybody loved it, and we were having a good time. Nothing, never seen nothing. Ever seen negative towards us, at least as far as I remember. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe I had enough beers. I mean, not to give a fuck. (laughs) 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 But no, it was always whatever. You know, never. Like I said, we were always like a fun-loving bunch of people to hang out and party and have a good time and play music. So we never. I don't think we ever even looked at it. 
from any of those angles ever from day one, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's not- probably, maybe that's why people like us, because we don't give a shit. <laughs> we never <laughs> gave a shit much. That's I think that's 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 closer to the average uh you know average blue collar metalhead's attitude man uh, we can appreciate it uh and yeah. and you know you talk about ninety seven you talk about shortly after that album the band takes a break but you really don't take much of a break at that point because shortly after that I, what what does catastrophic begin in like ninety eight ninety nine yeah somewhere around there ninety eight ish ninety nine well well because we did a tour actually during that last album. Back from the dead, uh, there was a point where John he had a day job, and it was a point where he's like, "I can't do this entire tour." <laughs> and we were like, "What do you mean? This is what we do, bro." <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so we had Keith DeVito come in and fill in for vocals on fucking half a tour from Pyrexia. Keith, mm-hmm. you know, buddy bar was like, "Dude, this dude sounds just like John Tardy." And we were like, "Okay." So he came in, literally flew down to Texas. John was there. They all talked. We all talked. And John's like, I got to go to work. We're like, all right, see you later. And Keith came in and sung. And we became great friends immediately. You know, we had a great time partying our ass off and having a good time on tour. People were tripping like, where the fuck's John Darty? <laughs> it was funny. It was a weird, surreal situation, believe me. And um, well, we, anyway, uh, so obviously, what's that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to stop you there. I just wanted to ask because we did have Chris Basile who was in Catastrophic yeah. with you on the show a while back. He's a, he's a friend of the show. Um, I've even filled in for Pyrexia so we could do the six degrees of separation thing here. But what what I'm all, the only Sick. thing I'm getting at is he explained how Keith DeVito filled in for Suffocation at one point, and there was a little bit of a backlash with some of the hardcore fans. Keith DeVito, a very good vocalist, uh, the man for the job. But there's always those fans that just can't accept someone besides the frontman. Were there any people giving him a hard time who expected to see John Tardy there? You know, I, it was such a short situation. I mean, it was like maybe three or three weeks that I don't remember actually seeing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause, but I understand, too, a fan being... Dude, you're going to see Slayer and Tom Moran's not there saying, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> you know? So that makes total sense for any fan's point of view. I get it. But no, I don't remember, you know, like, I mean, to, like trying to think right now, I, I don't remember being a backlash. I don't, people had a good time. I remember the shows were killer and it was probably weird for people, I'm sure. But I don't <laughs> remember people actually saying shit. Uh, and maybe they did. But I'm, like I said, I, I don't care about nothing. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't if, matter. If, like, yeah, if you're going out there, you're playing your shows, you're getting your guarantees, you're having a good time, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? No, and yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll bring the metal to you, bro. Or, here's the metal. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, still, it's still the real deal, you know? It's just someone's got to go to work. That's that's what fucking yeah. death metal is, man. Yeah. It, it was a weird... That was weird. And that's where, you know, like I said, me and Keith became friends, and and we did this hiatus thing, and I was like, dude, this fucking make a band together so we started Catastrophic <laughs> which basically was obituary riffs all day long and then with a little bit of blast on top of it which I always wanted to try that and I did exactly what I always thought I would do like, if I'm going to do a blast beat I'm going to do the basic simple riff like a heavy rhythmic rhythm with a blast beat 
instead of it being a frantic guitar riff. Right. Which I noticed a lot of other guys who blast beat, they do this, all these guitar notes and going crazy over the blast. I was like, dude, I want to do a whoa, whoa, what are the drums going flying? It, and it worked perfect. I thought it was killer. I mean, I don't know how people thought, but it was fucking heavy. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like that sound. I, I, I do appreciate that when it's like the the composition of the band will take those, uh, like, uh, it, it, it will deconstruct. It doesn't need to be a, a blazing guitar riff on top of a blazing drum riff. They can complement each other. Right. Yeah. Totally. I'm Absolutely. And I, I mean, like, yeah. like, how many sick breakdowns and stuff like that have you heard where guitar is ripping and the drummer is just, like, kind of holding it down? You know? Yeah, like, yeah totally. So why not do the opposite? Kind of right, like, totally. That's kind of what I, how I approach that with Rob playing drums. It's like he's a machine. You're like, all right, dude, you about to go 400 miles an hour, and I'm going to go like one mile an hour. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a, almost a grindcore type of approach to the blast beat, like you said, more than the typical death metal, like flutter picking approach. You know, right, totally. And and for the Absolutely. listeners, if if people are interested, that's catastrophic. The album was the cleansing in 2001. On Metal Blade Records, yeah, and and it's it's something I've always been interested in because I remember when it came out. That was kind of like when I was in my teenage years, interested in anything that was coming out death metal. And it was, you know, obviously it was Trevor from Obituary, um, you know, as per the advertising and the promotion of it. But it was with all guys that were known for um, either internal bleeding or pyrexia for the most part. Did you relocate to New York at any point? No, I, I never lived up there, but I would go up there. I'd go to Long Island and shit for three weeks at a time, sometimes, or a month, and, you know, write and rehearse. And I was actually living in Nashville at the time. <laughs> Weird. Nashville. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'd go I'd go up there, you know, a couple, two, three weeks, and just chill, and we'd do our shit. And, but I never lived there, no. I, but I did stop around Port Jeff a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you mentioned Port Jeff right at the top, man. That's a, that's a cool Long Island reference, man. You go a little bit further east, you can go to Greenport. There's a lot of good fishing out there. Montauk. Um, oh, yeah. Montauk Point. Hell, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show many a time, man. Yeah, but um, uh, J- Justin's already cursing. We, we, we were catching those damn, uh, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, the sea robins. That's all you catch is those damn sea robins. I don't know if you got them down there in Florida, man. <laughs> You know, no. Yeah, it, it's like it's like a, yeah, I guess you call it a trash fish or whatever, man. But it's just you you, right. you, you think you hooked something nice, a nice striped bass or something, and you're reeling this thing that looks like uh, yeah, you're like, it, it looks like a face hugger from Aliens or something. It's disgusting, yeah. Yeah. and it's yelling at you, you know. Yeah, and then but you know, but, right. but but all the desperate guys on the beach, they all got different ways to cook them, even though yeah. like you know they're all wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah. So not, like you don't want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, there's so yeah. So that back. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let someone else suffer. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, we got a yeah, we got a bunch of shit fish here too. Obviously, catfish. Um, we got this one called lizard fish. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Use it for bait though. You throw them on your hook and try to catch a fucking yeah, redfish. There you go. <laughs> so we're jealous up here, man, because it's it's everything's frozen over now and it's yeah, snow and it's yeah. Just, oh. yeah. yeah. I bet. No it's cold as shit up there right now. No fish. It's actually cold down here for Florida right now. It's kind of uh, chilly. What does that mean? It's like 60? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're totally. It was like, yeah, probably 
today. <laughs> you got to wear your one jacket that you got just in case oh. of emergency. <laughs> Dude, I got my I got my Buccaneers hoodie on. I had shorts and flip floppers up here. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, a couple people were looking at me. What's wrong with you, man? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it's cold. I'm like, nah, this ain't cold. We, we asked we we asked Lee Harrison if he was ready for winter. He said, yeah, I got some long sleeves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I don't even put jeans on. I don't even know what jeans. Jeans is one of those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, well, I gotta go to a man talking about jeans. All right, ride with me on the Segway. The, you've been working with the Tardy Brothers for, I guess, for, I mean, at this point, like what, close to forty years? Yeah, we, well, yeah, we've been friends for forty years. Yeah, I, I mean, and so, they're 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 two brothers. They're famously brothers, obviously, and you're the <laughs> the kind of best friend of the family. Are you? Are you ever? I mean, and we're talking respectfully, obviously. Obviously, it's worked out uh, over the years. But, like, are you ever at odds, kind of like being the odd man out, and those two guys are brothers? <laughs> Sometimes I call it the double-headed dragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, oh, I love those guys. Yeah, there's sometimes we, you know, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that happens, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, I, I always say res- much, res- respectfully. And, I mean, obviously, uh, something clicks, right? I mean, uh, you know. Oh yeah, it's safe safe to say things worked out over the years. Um, the, the first, yeah, we, the first I mean, we were buddies. Yeah, we were all buddies before we even played guitar and had drums, and we were like playing soccer and football and baseball together. You know what I mean? Before we even knew how to play an instrument, you know. In fact, Donald was trying to learn how to play drums at the same time I was trying to learn how to play guitar. You know, like, dude, we gotta do this. You know. So. <laughs> Yeah, wow. In fact, John, he filled in as a singer and became our singer. <laughs> wow. Originally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, you know, like the very early culminations of the band weren't even a band, really, but we had a couple of buddies who sung and then they flaked out and disappeared. Like, John, you're going to come sing right now, right? <laughs> well, we, you know, and we talk about you, you get. And he became our singer. Yeah. We're still looking for him. <laughs> if you ever find a singer, he's, it's yeah. kind of the going joke now. We're like, we're still looking for the singer. This guy's been filling in for years now. Well, yep. I actually, I I understand. I, I read a story somewhere that uh, part of the vocals, the the kind of undecipherable vocal thing with John Tardy was that at some point their father, the I guess Jim Tardy would be their father came out and yelled at them for, for rehearsing, saying, I can't even understand what you're singing. So they kind of ran with that. Is that true? I have no idea. Okay. I, no, maybe. Maybe, yeah, because Jim and their dad, he loved music. I don't remember him ever saying that, but he might might have. But okay. Okay. He, always, he always wanted us to get a saxophone in the band. <laughs> he did. He's like, he, he's a press. <laughs> it was funny, and he was a funny dude. Yeah, he's gone. He's good. He's passed away now, but yeah, he was a funny guy. Well, right. It was a dude. He had a saxophone in his band. We're like, oh, no, it's party. It ain't happening, bro. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't be abandoned on brass. <laughs> I know. Yeah, told me, yeah, because he's an old school guy. You know, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I kind of know my my. Uh, 
My, my death metal band I was in in my late teens, early 20s, my drummer's father kept suggesting we do like Journey and Billy Joel covers to make money on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like, we're like, it's a different kind of thing we're going for here, you know? Like, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Journey's not going to quite fit in there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you someday I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> You do death metal version of that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, why not, man? It might might be might be um good. We'll leave that. Well, Six Feet Under specializes in the death metal covers. They've been doing those. <laughs> yeah, it's only they made a career out of it. Yeah, man. We'll leave that, we'll leave that up to them. We did. We talked at length with Terry Butler about that. Um, right. And, oh. and we. Uh, you know, but 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 we talked about you guys taking the hiatus just to just to kind of get back on track. Um. We we know that in a way, is it fair to say that in a roundabout way, uh, Donald Tardy's work with Andrew, Andrew W.K. kind of brought you guys back together? Uh, no, I don't think so, because uh, to be honest, it was a, a promoter up in the dude who did the Milwaukee Metal Fest. Uh, what was his name? Was that, was that Jack uh, Koshik? Jack Koshik. Yeah. Who's like, he he wrote me because I did a I did the festival with catastrophic with him you know and oh, no, okay. we did we did the and then like, like I don't know one point he's like dude I want to do a festival like the Milwaukee Metal Festival down in Tampa and he goes man I would could you guys do a set I'm like well we haven't really jammed for years but maybe and then I called the tardies and like yeah, maybe we can do this you know that's kind of what. Spark is getting back together, really. I mean, Kashif was asking us <laughs> to do a show. And we did. We played. It was a, the whole festival was a flop. <laughs> you know, he had it in St. Pete, not even in Tampa. And we were like, what are you doing in St. Pete, bro? He used to be in fucking Ebor City at the Ritz of the Masquerade. Where we used to be the Masquerade with the Ritz. Have it at the Ritz. It would have been perfect. And he had it somewhere fucking way on the other side of the bay. It was just a dumb idea. Mm. We knew. We're like, dude. And he literally, it was a flop. <laughs> but that's that's kind of what got us back together. I mean, obviously, Donald was doing the Andrew WK thing, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, Andrew's a huge obituary fan. and In fact, he reached out to me before even Donald was a part of it and asked me to play guitar, and I heard the music, and I was like, well, I can't. Yeah, I love the dude, but I'm not going to do that. I had catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, so I gave Donald, said, Donald, do you want to do this? Said, Hell yeah. I'm like, all right, have fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the whole bit, you know? You got to have fun with Andrew yeah. WK, right? Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too, because every time I see Andrew, he's like, he, he thinks I don't like him. It's funny. I'm like, I love you, bro. What's up? I'll he's look. like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe because maybe I didn't play guitar for him, I guess. Right, exactly. He's a little, maybe he's a little uh, insecure about you having other, yeah. other obligations. But you well, know what? Is. either way, cool guy wants to party. I still so. love the dude. Hey, every time he comes around, I go hang out with him. You know, yeah. hey, what's up, bro? Hell yeah! <laughs> he seems like a fun guy, upbeat guy. Oh yeah. no, he's a great dude. He's awesome. <laughs> he's an awesome person. Totally. So, well, I mean, something I did want to squeeze into this interview that I guess is somewhere around that time period in the early 2000s. Um, you did play guitar, if I'm not mistaken, for the rapper Necro out of New oh, York. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Hell yeah. On the song uh, Empowered, 
which featured Donald it's, Donald Tardy. Um, no, it was John Tardy. John. Song, yeah, singing the uh, cor- I guess singing the chorus. Chorus. Yeah. Dan Lilker was in there, and wasn't there? Wasn't it the guy yep. from Slipknot's uh, uh, Scratching Records or something? I think it might have been. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about that part. Sid or whatever. Sid, yeah. yeah, maybe he was on. But uh, I actually did two songs on that album. But that was the one. Yeah. That was the name. We did a video for it. And, yeah, like Necro's a huge Death Metal fan, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we, oh, and you know what's funny? Oh, God. Okay, so that Milwaukee Metal Fest, the Koshik, we did the one in Tampa. Dude, check this out. This is the funniest thing. You just said this. That day, we are playing that show. Somebody's like, you ever heard of Necro? I'm like, no. <laughs> Whatever, no. And then it was a week later, he reached out to me. I never even heard of him. He reached out to me to play guitar. It was the weirdest thing. How weird is that? That's small world stuff, yeah. It was weird. I was like, dude, I just heard about this guy a week ago, and now he's writing me. Yeah. It was Maybe it was like in the stars or something. It was weird. It was fucking like, wow. A week later, this guy's, I just heard about him, and he's a huge FL fan. So I wrote, yeah, I wrote a couple of songs, and JT did vocals on one, and uh, Lil Kerr was on the bass. It was pretty fun. I mean, you know what's funny? I was writing all these riffs for him. He gave me he gave me a sample of drum beat. It was like that was it. I was like, oh my god, I'm bored already just hearing it. You know, it's like this drum beat. I was like, oh, come on, man. And uh, so I was writing all these riffs, and he's like, yeah, like, he wasn't feeling it yet. And then finally, I wrote the one song you mentioned. Like he's like, okay, I like that. I was like. Put it this way. Here's the deal. That's the last one I'm writing. If you don't use it, it's going on the next adventure album. Because I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny as hell. I didn't tell it was deep. I've written like 100 riffs. This is the one. If you don't use it, it's going on the next Obi album. <laughs> it was funny as hell. Yeah, I I, uh, I look back today. I watched the vi- the videos on YouTube, man. The video that you guys shot for it. It's, it's great. It's hilarious, man. And I, I don't think I've ever even seen it. <laughs> dude, well, the one thing I did notice, and, and we'll know this is, you know, this is years ago, and you're a family man, and this is all Hollywood magic. Yeah. But you you were the guy that actually hooked up with both group, groupies at the end of the yeah. movie. Dan, Dan Lilker <laughs> got so Dan Lilker got one necro groupie, and John Tardy yeah. got one. At the, and then at the end of the video, you got both of them or something, man. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's all play. It was, yeah, yeah it was but, Hollywood production magic. Um, yeah, it was fucking funny. But and but, the fact that we were in, we were in the bathroom together, I was like, "So you really want to go with us?" <laughs> <laughs> they all made them. They were laughing. They're like, "Oh, no. I'm like, I, I'm just joking." But if you want to go, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, seriously, yeah, I, it's a joke. You know, take it as you will. I do have a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny. It, it, it looked like stuff. a funny time. And we got we got to reach out to Dan Wilker, man. Um, uh, nice, oh, I love that dude. Yeah, I, I, I've met him oh. once or twice as a fan. Nice guy, man. Um, yeah, he's a sweetheart. Man. I, I had to, I had to bring that up because uh, being from New York, I, you know, I'm a fan of Necro and, and Psychological Records and that whole thing. Right, hell yeah. I always thought that prefix for Death album was a, a great crossover that he did. Uh, and we, hell yeah. You know, we know his history. So, so um, but, you know, Getting back to obituary, uh, eventually the band does Frozen in Time in 2005. The kind of kind of comeback record, if you want to call it that. Um, 
That's the yeah. album where you introduce Redneck Stomp, right? Yeah, yeah. I was on that album. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, you guys always kind of had like a very down-to-earth, uh, if we want to call it blue-collar or street-level attitude with the band. But to come back with your, I guess, quote-unquote, comeback album in 05, first track is called Redneck Stomp. Did you feel like a little bit more comfortable to just lean into like who you were, lean into your sense of humor and your real life personalities a little bit more at that point? Like you know, like a- yeah, totally. I think that's what it was. You know, we're just like being silly. I mean, in the red dust song was basically just when you stomp on your foot and you have a beat. That's all that's where that came from. The whole, you know what I mean? Like the stomp, like with the kick drums, you know. Holding the beat, yeah, yeah, man. That was where the redneck stop was. <laughs> That's where it came from. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of going on to become a part of your live show and kind of known. You know, it's like a, almost a an, like not an anthem, I guess, but a, an intro. Right. I've heard, I've heard two different bands that were not obituary play that at live shows. Yeah, cover it. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, killer. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's a it's a goddamn anthem. It's a hit. You know? Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well. Killer. And we talk about, you know, you, you obviously um, uh, kind of like put the word redneck out there, uh, in, you know, in front as something to be proud of. Uh, being from, from, the, from Florida, you talk about, um, you know, hanging out on the fishing pier. Uh, and you also talked about growing up, you have bluegrass in your family with some, uh, some of your relatives older than you. Oh, something I'm interested in, because we also, like I said, we talked to Lee Harrison, and he had some musicians that are more from the southern rock and country sphere of things. Um, right. When you grow up, uh, is there any, like, I guess maybe in your local community, your family, your high school, is there an aversion to hard rock and metal? Are there people saying you should be using that guitar to play country, don't play that heavy metal music? Is there anything like that ever? No, I no. Um... Not that I know. I mean, I mean, we grew up like when I first started playing guitar. I was already in Brandon, Tampa, Florida area, and um, yeah, it was a wide open book. I don't think anybody really gave a shit. You know, I mean, obviously, country music is a huge thing all around the country. All, all of America loves country music, but yeah, I never, never had backlash or you know, like what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I remember my mom, I think, a couple times, like, you need some guitar lessons. <laughs> Get on there and write these heavy riffs. Like, what the hell are you playing? Yeah, you need to work on your picking, <laughs> but, right? Yeah, there was never... Uh, I don't think there was ever backlash. I don't remember, at least. I mean, if there was, I mean, maybe I was ignorant. <laughs> okay, well, let me flip it this way. Do you think that... Um southern rock or country music or that environment has influenced you in any way uh because like you know you you talked before about how obituary you know you don't do a lot of the real extra flashy technical math metal you guys are more in the in the pocket in the groove and trying to get a riff going you know right well yeah i mean obviously totally been influenced by i mean i was born in jacksonville my, my uncle was in the class of Gary Rosington in Robert Lee High School as a kid, you know. So, I mean, Skinner and the Outlaws, Allman Brothers and uh, Molly Hatchet, all that shit was a definitely an influence. I mean, as a kid growing up, before I even discovered metal, I was listening to that, you know. All of us, the Tardies, me, Big Al, we were all, Terry Butler, we were all listening to that shit, you know. 
Yeah. Like yeah. Kenny, yeah, all of us. That's, I mean, we grew up, you know, listening to that shit big time. And still love it. I mean, hell, last night, I was at a little local bar. They were letting me DJ. Well, they had a little handheld device where you can play songs. I was like, dude, let me play some music, man. Because they were playing some stupid shit. I was like, let me play. I played some, like, Hank Williams and Junior, Senior, and the Third. And I played fucking, <laughs> played Alice in Chains. And I played freaking Allman Brothers and fucking Skinner. Oh, man. And then I, he's like, don't make it too heavy to now. Too some Hellhammer and some Slayer and Obituary. <laughs> Pushed it to the limit. It was like a family restaurant bar thing, you know. But there was not many people on this stuff. So like, I threw in Hellhammer. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. What was killer? Check this out. There's a dude there. He looks. He looks like he's a '70s porn star. It's the funniest thing, dude. I know. He always has a band, like a headband on, and a mustache. He's funny. He, he literally straight out of the '70s, <laughs> and uh. He likes rock and stuff, and I put on that Hellhammer. What was it? Uh, I played Aggressor, and uh, instantly he was air drumming immediately. And then he kicked in. He's like, "Holy shit, this is badass!" I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> if you're not exposed to, it, you don't know any difference. You know what I mean? You don't know to know, but you hear Hellhammer, like, dude, the heaviest band on the planet ever known to man, and I can make somebody who ain't never heard it immediately love it. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. this is the sickest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, welcome to my world. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I put on Rain and Blood. Yeah. <laughs> and I put on Body Bag. And then, oh, this is even more funny. There's a, this, he's a little younger than me, but this guy, a big chubby guy, plays blues guitar. Killer guitar player. Blues. Total blues guy. He's actually from, I think, Connecticut. But anyway, I put on Body Bag. He's like, what the hell is that? I go, that's my band. He goes, oh, he's he was head bobbing. Yeah, he's like, that's fucking r- ridiculous. And he goes, you ever heard of Hate Breed? I go, yeah. <laughs> I go, absolutely. He goes, man, I grew up in Connecticut, man. You know Jamie Johnson? I go, here, let me show you his phone number. It's on my phone right now. <laughs> he started cracking up. He's like, you gotta be kidding me. I was like, oh yeah. I said, actually, they covered one of my songs on their album, and yeah. <laughs> we influenced them. He goes, you are fucking shit me. I go, no. Look up. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It was awesome. We, we, we started laughing. We were having shots, and he was like, oh, my God, it's a small world. I was like, yeah, it's a very small world, apparently. Wow. Man. He's a total blues guy. You know, he didn't even fucking listen to metal. I mean, he did. He said when he was younger, you know, he grew up near New Haven or whatever, so. Wow. Well, it's, it's, that, that's something that, that, that brings to mind a question, because, like, you know, being an obituary, you guys are recognizable within the metal community, but it's not like, uh, you know, you're Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day where you can't go out to Walmart or something like that. No, but, yeah. But are there any, like, famous people uh, who, because, like, I've heard stories behind the scenes of, like, a celebrity paying Cannibal Corpse to play a birthday party or something like that. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done anything like that for any celebrities or famous people that you could speak about? No, hell no, we, no, no one hired us for a birthday party, (laughs) but yeah, Cher hired Cannibal Corpse to do Elijah Blue's birthday party, no, that's a true story. I heard that, man, okay. In fact, I mean, I was talking to those guys, uh, Cameron Diaz was there hanging out, they said she was cool as hell, partying with us. All right. Fucking, there, there's, yeah, there's, and uh, I guess Craig, that's Craig Allman's son, Elijah Blue with Cher, and he's a huge metal fan, apparently. 
Like, totally loves death metal. Yeah, I heard that guy has a band or something. Like, he had a death metal band at one point. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I, that's, that's... I remember seeing that on the Centuries of Torment DVD. That was pretty funny okay, stuff. Pro- yeah, pro- probably, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm ignorant. I don't know, but... But that is a true story with him. That was pretty funny. Hey, man. I, <laughs> I was like, dude, you should have hired me to come do guitar tech. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of these days, like Meg Ryan or somebody's kid will get into death metal and hire you guys. Don't worry, man. It's coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, hey, I'm not worried. Believe me, I don't give a shit. Either way. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though, that people enjoy it, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I had, I had to ask that, man, um, given the circumstances. That's funny. But, uh, you know, getting back to, to obituary a little bit, I just wanted to ask you, though, because you talk about red, the, um, the Redneck Stomp, and then the next album in 07, Ex- Executioner's Return, um, which is obviously, I guess, a nod to the to the original name that you guys had as a band. Uh, is recorded, Yeah. That's also the first album you record in your own Redneck studio in Gibsonton, Florida, right? Yeah, it will be, yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny because when we did that Frozen Time album, I wanted to, I was like, let's just take the budget the Roadrunners gave us and buy a Pro Tools rig and the whole deal and just do it ourselves. Yeah. And we were like, oh, well, maybe not. The first album back, okay, come out again. All right, we'll just do whatever we do. So, yeah, the next time around, when we did Execution Return, we was like, you know what? We took like 40 grand and invested and built a Pro Tools rig, bought the mics, and because the studio we practice in, it's at John's house. He's got a little two-car garage separate from the house. We insulated it all and got rid of the garage door and mortared it in. And It's like a killer little studio thing. And um, so now, yeah, we track everything now. That's awesome. Dude. Since then. Yeah, we... Whatever, I mean, I don't know how... You know, we're still learning. You're always learning in your whole life. But, you know... Yeah. It sounded pretty good, I guess. It sounded pretty decent. I mean, we... Like I said... The mic's always in the same spot all the time, and we try to make it sound killer best we can, you know? That's your first album working with uh, Ralph Santola, right? Yes. Yep. How how did that uh, relationship, uh, how do you get involved with it? Well, we, uh, obviously at that point, Alan, he's just a whole other ball game there with Alan. He's my brother. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) we wouldn't even go there. Yeah. been in trouble a lot but well we, so we were like we need a guitar player and um ralph we knew ralph from more sound he's always there hanging out and we play with death he's a mainstay in tampa all together you know a general as a musician so donald said hey well, i'm gonna call ralph i was like call him up whatever you know Hell and uh we actually became really good friends i mean i miss him i can't believe he's gone crazy yeah that's a, that was a sad he's a sweetheart he was a sweetheart i mean yeah sad story there but uh yeah i know but yeah I, his yeah. his guitar work is absolutely legendary and i think it shows on that oh album yeah lot, man you know it was a great oh, combination yeah we yeah, well, you know it's funny too because like <laughs> i remember he recorded some of those leads and he's like looking good so i made this so hard to play that no matter who you get to replace me, I'll never be able to play this. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to laugh at He was so sarcastic. <laughs> and obviously, he wasn't, you know, obviously, he was truthful. Because <laughs> he's amazing, you know? Yeah. He's a wise guy. He's a fucking funny guy. Well, Very funny human being. 
Rest, rest in peace to him, man. And we, you know, we, yeah. we, we celebrate uh, his work with you guys and, and other groups. And, you know, you, you touched a little bit on Alan West, kind of like the um, the gorilla in the room thing. And like you said, we're not going to drag anything out. It's been covered uh, in, in other platforms, um, things like that. And we all have friends and bandmates who have had different um, uh, issues in life, uh, not to make yeah. light of anything. Uh, I guess no. all I would ask you respectfully is just for any listeners or fans like ourselves, are you in touch with Alan West? And is there anything that people who are fans of his work, like you, you could say, is there anything, any news of him or anything like that? Well, to be honest, I haven't talked to him for a while now. And only because he has, <laughs> okay, when he first left the band, you know, he had issues with like a DUI and, I still stayed in touch with him, and then he just went so far deep. I, I he fucking burned his house down and all this crazy shit, and in and out of DUIs, and I don't even know where he's at. He right now, to be honest, okay. it sucks. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. I mean, I tried to stay in touch with him, we did, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Know, fucking, yeah, I, it sucks. Yeah, in I, fact. When he wasn't even in the band, I was living in Phoenix. He came there to record, uh, what was that, that South Wicked. He came there to record and stayed at my house for like a week, you know, because we're friends, you know, mm-hmm. for life, either way. But, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to be friends, you know, like being there for support for someone who's in a tough well, situation. Well, weird because, you know. Well, yeah, and I try to, and like somehow I just, I don't even know where or what phone numbers. Nothing, you know. What I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's I. It I, sucks. Yeah, I, I feel for you, man. Because I, I can re- I can relate. I've had friends who have had different issues with substance abuse and, and homelessness and things like that. So, like I say, we're not TMZ here. We're not going to make light of no, it. No, yeah. This is the underground metal community, and they're just uh, like fans and listeners. You know, we wanted to kind of check in. But um, right. uh, with that being said, though, um, to bring us back to the obituary timeline and narrative, and we wish Alan West and his family the best regardless. Uh, all Absolutely. Respect. Um, but, you know, we talk about Executioner's return just quickly, and I know you probably covered this a lot when the album came out, but what was different about that album that you titled it that? Was that, was that, what was that? Was there material on that that was older was it trying to reclaim some of that energy from the older years? You know, I don't even know. I, um, I don't. I, you know, to be honest, I, we just did the name of the title, the title of the album. I think was just basically kind of playing an homage to the name Executioner. You know what I mean? That was yeah. kind of, I think, the thought of it. But musically, no, it was all fresh, brand new material written specifically for that album. And, I, and, you know, when we were trying to come up with a title of an album, we are like, what are you going to call this thing, you know? And then we saw the fucking piece of artwork that Andreas Marshall was paying for us. We are like, it looks like a fucking executioner. He's got that big-ass sword. Right? You know, let's call it Executioner's yeah. Return. And we, we, I think we were playing words with the name and Emperor's Return from Celtic Frost, the EP. I think that was a little combination thing. Or we came up with a name, you know? Okay, now it all makes sense, man. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it was, you know, it just shit had it. It's never that methodical. It kind of just happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
we're like, yeah, okay, perfect. Let's call it that. We're done. <laughs> That's like the last album we called it. It's, it's just obituaries. So I thought, we were like, whatever. We had this piece of artwork for two years. They're like, let's just use that logo. It's badass looking. And just call the album. You know, so it's still title. Fuck it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Because <laughs> some people are like, oh, is this means the end of the band? Like, fuck no. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah, we just call it obituary. Fuck <laughs> Because we came up with the ideas for titles and like, fuck that shit. Look, it's the logo. It was badass. Fuck it. Obituary. Yeah. More, more often than not, the first record self-titled, so we're just getting started right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally, dude. Shit. I got fucking, hopefully, another 30 in me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because John the other day, he was like, you know what? When are we going to wrap this shit up one day? <laughs> I, started, I looked at him and I said, I said, are you fucking serious, dude? He goes, what? I go, fuck that. I ain't stopping until I'm dead. Well, <laughs> fuck that. Fuck yeah, dude. This bullshit. Yeah. This is all I got. Yeah. You I, got mean, I sacrificed my entire existence on this planet for this shit. Oh, I'm going to quit now? Fuck no. Dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really? I, riffs, yeah, dude. man. Fucking riffs. I, I would have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure Chris, like we said, Chris Basile from Pyrexia has been on the show a few times. I'm pretty. Right. Su- I'm pretty sure he attributes it to you. He said, "Like you know, when's you know when, when did people ask BB King when he was going to grow out of death metal, or when he was going to grow <laughs> when he was going to grow out of the blues, rather? You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's, right. like, it's like, how are you going to ask me when I'm going to grow out of death metal? You know what I mean? That ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? My mom, when I was a teenager, she bought me a little Fender tw- Twin Reverb amp when I was a kid, learning, and the, she said to people at the music shop were like. So what did you like to play? She's like, oh, heavy now. And they were like, oh, don't worry. It's just a true phase. You'll get out of it. <laughs> and here I am, like, fucking 40 years later. I'm like, Mom, I'm still not out of the phase yet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably launched more heavy metal bands than there were at that point, man. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, yep. She gave up. She's like, yeah, you're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer, are you? I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> it ain't happening. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, because something I did want to bring point out is, you know, you talk about the uh, 2017 self-titled album, but in 2014, you put out Inked and Blood on Relapse Records, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah. that charted at 75 on the Billboard charts, right? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, was man. I mean, come on, dude. That, and that also, wasn't that, it was funded by a Kickstarter, recorded at your yeah. own Redneck Studios, put out on yeah. Red- Relapse Records is, is Relapse Records to us mm-hmm. death metal fans, but in the big scheme yep. of the music industry, for you to chart at 75, that's something to talk about. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, maybe it was the album cover. It was pretty badass. <laughs> 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 you know, it's funny. We were, we, I had the idea. I was like, we were like talking about ideas. And I was like, dude, let's just do a thing where it looks like somebody carved our name in their chest. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. So we told Andreas Marshall the idea. And then he sent us a sketch of this fucking torso. You know, we're like, I literally looked at John. I go, my God, dude, that's pretty gory for obituary. You know what I mean? Because we've never been, like, really gory, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fucking pretty brutal. Blood, fucking severed head. And I was like, we got children, man. <laughs> he goes, I'm so glad you... He looked at me and goes, I'm so glad you said that, because I was thinking the same thing. And then when he sent us the final painted version, all colored, I go, you know what? They can all fuck off because that's our album cover. Look at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sick. You know, we were like, 
And we were like, yep, we can't deny it. Fuck it. Wow. In fact, in Germany, they censored it. They had to put a paper bag around it in, this, in Germany. Really? They, they yeah. They should have put like a chest plate of armor yeah, on, the, on the chest. I know yeah, they told him you open it up and it's the fucking torso. Like, <laughs> like a 40 in a paper bag. I know, so. I know they were a little more like harsh on the censorship. I, I didn't realize they were that crazy about the censorship. Well, I, I believe Germany is also where Cannibal Corpse has a lot of censorship. Yeah, that's too. what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. with the whole Eaten Back to Life cover, Tomb of yeah. the Mutilated, things right. like that. That's all like everyone knows that that was censored in Germany. But I thought they had eased up by that point. Uh, apparently not, because yeah. they fucked with us on that. In fact, the irony is that painting is in a, a museum in Berlin. <laughs> no shit, really? What? Yeah, tell <laughs> me. Yeah, so, it's in a museum. That's so, fucking funny. So you can pay to go to a museum and look at it, but if you want to buy it at the record store, it has to have a paper bag over it. Yeah, totally. Wow. <laughs> How ironic. Bunch of fucking douchebags. Germany, what the are you fuck? doing? Germany's also yeah. uh, world renowned for its underground porno grind. So I don't know what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, right? How weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they had Hitler. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> well, that, that was, I mean, God damn, what the fuck's up with that place? That was a while ago. That was be, that was before Kiss, yeah. okay? All right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a hundred, yeah, almost a hundred fucking years if ago. It happened before, before, Kiss. If it happened before Kiss, we don't talk about it on the show, okay? <laughs> right, okay, cool. <laughs> Hey, oh, I love Germany. I have so many friends from Germany. I mean, uh, big time. No, shout out to our listeners in Germany. We're joking around. It's Christmas, yeah. God damn it! I'm glad we drew that. Yeah. I'm glad we drew that. up, Francis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so, we, you know, we kind of covered, you know, we yeah. we we, uh, we thank you for sticking with us. We, we like to do this biograph- biographical breakdown and get into the higher points. That's cool. The highlights of your albums and all this stuff. Now we've been drinking beers and we're all a mess here. Um, yeah. But uh, let's be, you know, before we forget, before we get too far ahead, let's talk about this Dark Forces Live thing that you're doing. Uh, because, oh, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, that, that's that's, <laughs> that's why we're here. In um, October and November of this year, Obituary did. Uh, you first, you did the Slowly We Rot concert, then the uh, yep. Cause of Death concert, and then um, in November you did one of just kind of rare and, and B sides and classic cuts, um, and all those were streamed live. Uh, and I yep. and I suppose along the way, you and the crew probably learned a few things about streaming concerts live, right? Oh yeah, well yeah, it was like a whole new ball game for us. Yeah, it would, you know, I mean, there's a lot of legwork. Like I had to build the website, and then we had to figure out how it's going to be streamed with this one company, and blah blah blah, and all this shit. I mean, it was a lot. It's a learning curve going on. I mean, I, I went to school for like commercial art and design. And I've been building websites for years, but to do that, like a live stream via internet thing, was weird. And right. So it was a bunch of shit we had to learn, and. uh Learn we did, <laughs> and some I, some of that stuff was pre-recorded. You probably could tell. Like there's like the whole intro to the slowly thing was all pre-recorded, and yeah, and uh, even the third one we did. There's a cartoon thing, a couple things we did that pre-recorded just because we're like this is gonna be hard to do on the fly. But all the all the songs are live. But in fact, you can almost do it pre-recorded the whole thing and just broadcast it. You know if you want to. And yeah, it's like a TV show, but. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's weird. I mean, we did that. The first two, obviously, was like a full like live stage, kind of trying to make it look like we're in concert. That was weird to try to get motivated to 
get into the music like you do when there's a thousand people there. So it was a weird situation, but we made it, you know, like a couple shots of whiskey. In fact, my guitar strap fell off on one song and I fucking got lost in the middle of dying. I don't know what the hell. It was the funny thing. I played that song 10,000 times in my life. I wrote the fucking song and I'm sitting here. It was so dark in there. I don't know what happened. You know what it was? Cause that's, Cause of Death set. I don't know if you watched it live, but well, halfway through the first song, there was a technical issue, so we had to stop for like thirty minutes mm. or twenty-five, maybe, yeah. and restart. Right? And I remember I was like, "Uh oh, this is getting me off my game." Because I, I literally paced myself. I'm like, "Okay, I'm doing my little whiskeys and my beer, and I know, okay, right up to the show, I know my pace." So I guess thirty extra minutes. <laughs> Bumped oh, me yeah. up, and I did during dying man. That's all. I literally the heaviest, slowest part of the song. Where if you fuck it up, it's gonna sound like a, a sheep. Oh boy, <laughs> I was looking over at Terry. Terry's looking at me. What are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I'm like totally like a half step up. I was like somewhere else on planet nine, and we were laughing. We laughed our asses off. I was like, whatever. I net yeah. Everybody makes a little mistake here and there, but that was like the biggest. So, uh, I was butthurt about it. I mean, I was yeah. sad. I was like, oh my God. I was like, God, I can't believe I destroyed that. <laughs> it was fucking funny. And then my strap falls off later. My damn strap lock decided to give out. Of course, right? You haven't played a show in a long time. It's like a, well, I guess up here the analogy would be the snowblower, you know? You yeah, no. You haven't yeah, been out. Totally. <laughs> For a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've been sitting at home waiting to get out. And as yeah. soon as you get an opportunity, yeah. it's like, fuck, I didn't check yeah. this thing. Shit's going to hell. Yeah. It's funny. Johnny is like, because yeah. we're talking about maybe we might, we might package that stuff DVD, but John's like, well, you know, you can go back and fix that part. I fuck that. No, we'll leave it the way it is. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? I go, hell yeah. That's mm-hmm. real. Just like, just like a real show. Cares. Yeah, it's the real concert experience. Like, two measures I fucked it up. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a fun thing like to it, point well, out. You're not ruining the concert. It's just making it live. It's just showing yeah, that it's totally. live. It's actually happening for real. Or not. But anyway, so all this shit, back to what your question was, or the Dark Forces lot. Yeah. So yeah, we had to learn all this crap, you know. Boy, there's a lot of legwork. In fact, when we started, we started Dark Forces Live. Like my soundman Joe Takata, who's up in Long Island. Um, yeah, no, he joke. was like, yeah, you know Joe. Okay, Joe was like, hey, dude, let's fucking make a company. There's so many bands in the New York area, we can fucking do something. I'm like, yep. yeah, that's I'm I'm in if you want to do it. Let's do it. And his buddy Sean Bell. I, I mean, I know Sean Bell too. I don't know if you know Sean, but been friends with him for years. Yeah, I, I, He's I, a promoter. I, I, I've never met him like uh, um, outside of just uh, maybe playing a show or two. One of my bands has opened or something like that. Right. Yeah. So we were like, let's do this, and um, what's funny is when I, I had to build the website, and I forgot how much legwork I put into the obituary. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot all this learning curve I had to do. I had to redo it again. You know, it was fucking funny. But we basically were doing this because obviously this pandemic bullshit. It's going to be around for a while. I mean, we don't even know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. And we figured, well, you know, there's all these bands that might not have the opportunity to do this. So let's fucking uh, put a company together and fund it. And, you know, if it makes profit, then everybody makes a little profit off of it for the band and the people throwing their money into it. And uh, at least the fans get to see the band, you know, and, and we'll help fans out that don't have that opportunity. You know what I mean? So... 
it's kind of what why we did it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best we could do right now. Um, yeah, and, and moving forward, it, you know, it's going to be something that I don't think goes away, even um, if and when we get back to normal concerts. Um, oh no, again, I, you know, I, it's, I, it's the wave of the future. Yeah, like I saw that too. I was like, you know, even in between, like say tours, a band might take a year and a half hiatus writing an album. Maybe they want to do a live stream and make their fans happy, you know? So that could obviously be an option for everybody from now on. I mean, obviously it's not something that's going to make people fucking rich or it has nothing to do with it. It's about bringing music to people. No, it's about staying relevant yeah. and making your fans happy that, that you're still yeah. doing it, you know? Totally. Yeah. Hell, it might give people opportunity to never even seen a band because they don't go to their country. You can see them play, too, you know? And it's not the same as being at the show, obviously. It's not even close, but it's also like a like I feel like a, a progression of the music video genre, you know, since right. that's so like tied to to YouTube and you know, there isn't any uh, television platform out there pushing out music videos like Headbangers Ball was back in the day. So that, that live right. show is now is like another like another added uh, visual experience of a band, which I think is all yeah, totally another creative outlet. It's always always good, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, like, if you have a killer stereo system hooked up to your shit, it's going to sound killer. Like, I mean, the, the, the audio we're pumping down, it's fucking sounds sick. You know what I mean? Like, if you listen to it, it's like, it ain't like squashed and uh, compressed or nothing. It's fucking full-on HD audio video. So it's high quality, you know. Are you running cool. it through Pro Tools HD? Like all this, well, yeah. Well, at our studio when we did our third one, yeah, we're running all the way through the Pro Tools system, the whole mix, and nice. then it goes down to a stereo. Yeah, when it gets well. pumped out to the people, um, the other place, ESI, I'm sure they were running Pro Tools. I didn't even look at the system. I mean, I saw the system. But yeah, they, I'm sure they were running Pro Tools as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just um, pumped in. We see internal bleedings running out of Designatronics Industries in Ronkonkoma, New York. Is that Joe Sincata's uh, studio? Is that something that he's working with? No, it's, uh, he's got his own studio for recording. But, yeah, full force. Uh, Designatronics. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, but Designatronics is a place they found like a, it's a, a place found like we did in Tampa. So like ESI, same kind of thing. Basically, they're a company that rents out uh, PA and lighting breaks. So. What they do is say if you have a big tour, say Billy Joel, who's going on tour, right? Yes. They might go to that company and say, we want to rent all this lighting shit and PA systems for your tour, for our tour. So they have a big, giant room where you can set up all the shit you rent from them and basically do rehearsals and make sure you got all your lighting the way you want it to tour and a PA, make sure everything's exactly how you want it. So they do rehearsals. Okay. So basically this place got a big sound stage is what it is. And they hook up the all lights and be set up and freaking, and they have the sick internet connection where you can pump down the live stream. So it's so they're actually making a new market for those people too. This is becoming a market for these companies where, hey, like ESI and Tabo where we did obituaries, same thing. They're like they're doing streams like every month I think now at this point it's because like digital venues. Yeah, yeah, because that's all they got. You know. We, in fact, we're thinking about maybe the next one. We might even do it at a venue, like a real venue, like a concert place. Yeah, I've I've seen some studios and venues starting to do that and offer that service for bands, and people are starting to uh, iron out the kinks, I guess, so to speak. And we exactly we brought up Joe Sincata and Full Force Studio just for the listeners. 
Um, he, he produced that, actually the first Afterbirth album. Um, I, I sang in a band called Afterbirth from New York here. Okay. Uh, and Joe actually, he did work with Internal Bleeding over the yeah. years. He's worked with uh, Immortal Suffering, Dehumanized, the, the list goes on. Suff suffocation, Suff Suffocation. Yeah, suffocation. I know he's done live sound for Napalm Death, and I believe Obituary, right? Oh, yeah, no, totally, absolutely. Yeah, I think live sound is kind of where Joe cut his teeth over the years. Um, yeah, he... Yeah, I mean, he went to school for recording and stuff, yeah. and but yeah, he toured with us quite a few times. And he was in Catastrophic on the uh, that's right. EP we did, yeah, yeah, and that's how we became friends. And he uh, recorded our EP, and he got in the band, played bass, and um, Hobby moved over to guitar from bass and um, from internal bleeding. Yeah, well, and he's not internal bleeding now, but yeah, Brian Hobby. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, Joe, he, he, he's funny. He didn't like, he's like, I'll tour, but just America now. He don't want to go to Europe. <laughs> hey, not everybody. He, he's gone to Europe with us, though. We did that. We did the fucking Slayer Final Farewell Tour in 18, and Joe came, and he's like, I'll do a sound of that one. I'm like, hell yeah, you are, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's gonna like, be hard how are you not going to go to Europe on that tour? You know, 10,000 people every night. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's it was killer. In fact, Check this out. The first show was in Ireland, and uh, we know their sound man, AJ, this guy. He's been friends of ours for years. He was doing Slayer sound. Anyway, they did their sound check, and then AJ looks at us and goes, okay, this is all you. He said, here's your board. You got your own board. But he goes, we're not regulating anything, bro. You can have all the audio, sound, volume. So the next day, <laughs> because we crushed it. <laughs> we had that PA fucking thump and uh the next day AJ's like dude you can turn it up as loud as you want but um, the bottom end because we're really that bottom end heavy obviously obituary compared to Slayer sound wise mm -hmm. can you just pull it back like 4k <laughs> <laughs> we were like okay he goes dude you guys were like 110 decibels last night <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah we fucking destroyed them so it was like Boom, the heaviest. I mean, because the bitch, uh, I think in a big venue like that, it's pretty heavy, especially because we, we methodically picked out our songs where in a big room it's going to sound better than certain songs. You know what I mean? We knew. Like, yeah. This riff, just yeah. make that horn go, boom. And yeah. Joe had that shit pegged. <laughs> yeah, of course, not to, you know, no, no sliding on Slayer, but like, oh, obituary, no, no, obituary riffs, like, translate much bigger to a, a big room like slayer because yeah. of the speed it kind of gets lost in there yeah. right and well I, yeah it, i could i could totally see that like you take the room by accident you know oh sorry yeah I'm totally, you it's all bottom in and fucking the hit chug the heavy hell yeah please, like, i think slayer and Bishop are a great team of bands to tour together those two sounds because it's just both they're evil as fuck we're heavy dark weird those two bands on tour, I've always said it forever, it's like, hey, Slayer, Celtic Frost, and Obituary on tour would be like the body, you fucking hand out body bags to everybody. Here's your issue body bag and a toe tag. Here you go. Why? Because you're going to all be fucking dead when you leave this place. <laughs> did you ever get to really, open, I mean, Did you ever get to open up for Celtic Frost? We played the, never a tour, but we've done some festivals with them, okay. for sure, yeah. Like, the last, uh, we played a few festivals. The last one that I remember directly with them was Hole in the Sky back in uh, Sweden. And uh, it was funny. Me and Tom, we actually talked for about an hour that day. It was pretty funny. 
was cool. That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, we never toured with them though. You know, actually, that's the fuck. This whole pandemic fucked everything up because we were talking to his people about he's doing that triumph of death thing he's doing. Yeah. We were talking about doing a tour together. Like literally, we were like totally. It was all like inked almost and set in stone. You know, ready. He's ready. We're gonna tour. We share a bus. We're gonna share a crew. The whole thing. It just this whole pandemic fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. There's. And we're gonna go back to that. It's gonna happen. I, I, I'm sure it will happen because Fuck we yeah. all get along. And you know, he you know, he's always told me like, dude, that shit you did with several of the tires, you wouldn't believe what it did for me. And I was like, well, whatever, I, whatever. You did something for me, so fucking. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, we as we say to everybody, we hope uh, you know sooner than later everybody can get back to a more productive schedule. This pandemic, yeah, thing. Um, this, this garbage going right. on. But um, the damn demic, the yeah. damn demic. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, something that is helping along uh, the underground metal scene, at least in these times, is these live streams. And for the listeners, we're yeah. talking about Dark Forces Live. Uh, uh, is the company, um, I guess you could yeah. call it, that that Trevor is uh, going in on with Joe Sincata and Sean Bell. Um, it's the the inaugural live stream event is Internal Bleeding this January second. Um, broadcast broadcast live from right here in Long Island, New York at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and I, I guess, you know, working with Joe Sincata, it makes a lot of sense that you would have internal bleeding. Are, are there any plans on working with anyone else coming up, or are we just focusing on this for now? Oh, no, we're, yeah, we're talking to a bunch of other dudes. Uh, you know, I mean, nothing's set in stone yet, obviously, but uh, we got a bunch of bands, like, obviously we're talking uh, people are talking to them and trying to get them signed up and um, even some other bands I mean I don't even want to keep I don't want to jinx it so <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll beep out all those names you just said like on Cops okay yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah no we're talking to other artists for sure you know even like hardcore stuff like AF we're going to talk to AF and Nadball Try to get them signed up. Hell, we might even we even talked about talking to Necro. Hell <laughs> we yeah. like, Hell dude, not. we gotta get a hold of Necro. Told me, hey, he's, he's got a whole slew of people we could put on there. You know, <laughs> and that, that guy's kind of notorious for being not only like a, a, a smart, inventive rapper, but also an entrepreneur. So he might be the guy you yeah. get on your team in, in that point. Um, oh, told me. Well, you know, we uh, we appreciate your time. We respect your time. Um, uh, Trevor, and uh, just as we kind of wind down here to be respectful of your time, I have two more questions uh, from from obituary fans on our Patreon that I want to get through. Um, okay. Uh, Cody Hager uh, wanted to know, well, he asked about inspiration for Redneck Stomp, and we kind of got behind that one before, but he also added, recently you've been on package tours with a multitude of metal genres. Any specific reason why? Uh, probably to make it, I don't know, probably try to, I think the whole concept is to try to bring people from every different corner of the metal scene to the same show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you you could bring four death metal bands and, you know, you're going to have that certain niche of fan, you know, that's it pretty much. But if you bring, say, like, Power Trip or a Hate Breed and us, you know what I mean? You, you, You open the gamut a little bit, I think. You know, cross promotion. Kind of what it's about. Yeah, cross promotion. Cross promotion. Yeah, totally. Cross promotion, and you, 
you're making an exciting show for everybody, you know? And you might have some people that never heard of this band or vice versa, and then they go, holy shit, that was killer. Never gave them a chance. And then they see it, and they're like, what the hell, killer, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, especially this day and age when there's less walls between the genres. Um, Yeah. And uh, our our final uh, Patreon question uh, from Andy Sung. Uh, what are some of your favorite albums from bands in the Florida death metal scene? Uh, so, you know, I guess being that, you you know, you've been around uh, as long as you have in the metal scene and you're from that classic, uh, iconic Florida scene, what are, like, some of your favorite, uh, personal favorite albums that we all, you know, hold in so, such high regard from Florida? Uh, fucking Scream Bloody Door. Okay. <laughs> all day long, man. There you, there you go. Oh, my God, for death metal, I mean... <laughs> That album's in Leprosy. It's like crushing, you know? I Chuck, re- I love Chuck. I love the shit he always did. Even uh, Sound of Perseverance, the last album he did. I mean, that sound was badass, even, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, like, Nasty Savage, their first album. Holy shit. Yeah, man. We get a lot it's of Nasty metal. Savage. Yeah. yeah, that album's so killer. And they were our mentors, kind of, for us growing up you know like that was like the local band that was fucking huge and and was fucking evil and weird and killer you know Hell yeah. and um obviously sabotage anything you fucking throw some sabotage fucking goddamn i don't know if you're familiar with sabotage but man what a killer band that is yeah yeah it's amazing Classic. shit they do John Oliva's voice and Chris Oliva's shredding. It's just ridiculous. Any of their albums. <laughs> Put it on. Siren, that album Siren. Holy shit, I don't know if you ever heard that album Siren's the very first one. I, 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 I have yeah. to go back. Yeah, I'm a little oh, ignorant you myself. Go, go put that album on and when you hear the vinyl hit and, and it starts playing, it's like the sound of it, it, it was so... It really flashes me back to a different time when I hear it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the guitar is so amazing. The production, for what it was, you know I mean? The hi-hat's too loud, weird shit like that. But it's amazing album, Sirens. God, so go put that on. Sirens. Oh, my God, Sirens by Sabotage. Probably yeah. just every song on that album is just crushing. Yeah, yeah, well... Literally, I mean, you might hurt somebody. <laughs> All right, sabotage sirens definitely got to look Yo, into that. Yeah, monumental album. Oh my god. Well, we kind of so like we kind of segue because we always we always ask at the end of the interview for the guest to recommend one older album and one newer album by any artist. Um, and I feel like we're right in that territory now. So you talked about death, scream, bloody gore, and leprosy. You talked about nasty savage, sabotage, sirens. Um, let's let's expand it now, uh, breaking down the borders uh, from Florida to just worldwide. Any artist you want to recommend? What's one great old school album, and maybe one great newer recording that that you've been into? Well, old school albums. Man, Exodus, Bonded by Blood, man. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, can't go wrong. Can't go I wrong. mean. I, I could name so many albums too from back then. Possessed, uh, <laughs> Churches, oh my God. And of course, Morbid Tales. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ. Ugh. <laughs> I love that shit. It's funny. 
I'm fucking 51 years old and I still freak on that shit when I put it on. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. nothing it's like that old school stuff that brings you back, man. And dude, I tell you what, I know they're not that new, but Power Trip, those guys are amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen them play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, yep. obviously Riley's gone now, which I'm fucking still tripping. I'm like, yeah. not even, I can't even fucking fathom. Very sad. In fact, we don't even know how he died. Yeah, still. Like, yep. me and Nick, the guitar player, were talking. He's like, I don't even know, dude. I'm like, so let me know. I mean, not that it's going to change. He's still gone. But. Yeah, I mean, a little closure helps, I guess. Closure. A bit. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make it hurt less, but at least you stop thinking yeah. about it as much. So I don't know if you saw our first stream. We did a memorial for him at the end. Right at the end of our stream, we put a big old thing. I felt like... You know, that was one of those bands in, in modern day that grew to pro- like, you know, uh, like this this point where um, they were encompassing so many people who were maybe on the edge of being into heavy metal. And then they just like grabbed their attention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the true that, crossover. Yeah, exactly. They really brought that experience forward. And um, every time I heard him, because I've been listening to death metal for the last 15 years, pretty seriously, I'm like, this is this is obituary worship. Yeah. And like you know, oh, in yeah, a, a respectful bit. way, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, not to shit on them. In fact, quite the opposite. I was like, this is an awesome way to bring that style uh, to to uh, the consciousness of like a new audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, they were huge fans. Obviously, I mean, you know, we toured with them and we became buddies immediately. They fucking good guys. They crushed it. Live. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It was amazing. In fact, they came through like. In the last year, they came through Tampa, and they love my barbecue because I do smoked meats and shit. They're like, dude, you gotta bring some of your ribs. So I brought him a bunch of ribs, okay. and I brought my buddy Bo. He's a total music nerd, but he never heard of Power Trip. I was like, dude, you gotta come to the show, you know. And dude, halfway the show, he's looking at me. Are you fucking kidding me? I go, I told you to like this band. He's like, dude, this is like watching Metallica. When their first album came out or something, I'm like, "Dude, it's fucking badass, right?" He was freaking. I was like, "Dude, killer band." Yeah. He got to meet them all, and they all hung out. Everybody hung out. And he's like, "Dude, what the hell?" I was like, "Yep." And then a few months later, Riley was gone. I was like, "Oh, so <laughs> yeah." I I personally think they were deserving of all that high praise. You know. Um, oh no, they're really a really good band. Cool. I feel I feel sorry. I you know I like I said I talked to Nick and I'm like, "Dude." Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, dude, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, Fuck. That, that band comes to mind when I think about, you know, like before when I said I, I see obituary um, gaining popularity with a lot of younger, like, hardcore kids. Uh, I see Power Trip kind of being like that generation uh, bridging band, you know, between right. like, the younger hardcore scene and, and the metal scene, maybe like the modern crossover elements. So, yeah, so rest in peace to him. That's a sad story. Yeah. Um, uh, rest in peace to him and uh, you know Ralph and uh, all the people and you know we should shout out um, uh, Frank Watkins also yeah yeah rest in peace to all the uh, all the people you've lost respectfully over the years um, and you know, uh, you know what's crazy you know what's crazy Frank he had a uh, years ago like he couldn't eat beans or something because he get that fucking ass reflux thing he started taking that Zantac shit. And you've seen all the commercials about Zantac, how it's giving people cancer and all this shit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I wonder if that's what got him because he had cancer. And he took that shit for like 10 years straight. Wow. I'm like, oh my God, I bet that's probably what fucking got him. 
you know, wow. it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I've been seeing the commercial race. I'm like, oh my God. You never know. I should call his wife and say, did you see this commercial? Wow, it's so it's fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah, that was that was super sad when I heard about that, man. Yeah. yeah. He he didn't he actually leave obituary and join Gorgoroff for a period of time? Did I get that right? Yeah, he was in Gorgoroff for a little bit, yeah. Did, uh, did, yeah. Now, I mean, was that kind of like a thing that you weren't involved in, or did you guys tour with Gorgoroth? Was there a relationship? No, I mean, well, we played show festivals with him. We never toured with him, you okay. know. Um, and I think, well, what, the drummer dude that was playing with him at that point was in a band that toured with us before. He was in another band, you know. Maybe okay. there was a connection there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 it was weird. Also. Not, not like he just... That's a weird situation. Yeah. Whatever. I don't really get to it much. Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I hear you, man. And yeah, not to imply that there's any uh, any drama there or anything. Just interesting in, yeah. in the sense that Gorgoroth wasn't from Florida. Um, but Right, yeah, totally. Well, that was funny. We were doing that damn EP. He couldn't even come to practice with his eye to playing bass on it. and But he was flying over to fucking... Yeah. <laughs> Gorgoroth. Like, Sweden, I guess. Three hours Norway. Yeah, yeah Norway. he's up yeah, in Norway, Norway there. Yeah, it's one thing for a band, you know, a band member to be traveling back and forth between states, but Norway to Florida yeah. is uh, an not, interesting one, I think. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's pretty badass, you know. It's not not South Carolina to, to Florida. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but rest in peace to him, respectfully. Yeah. Uh, and we ce- we celebrate his work. Um, yeah, just touching on that when we talk about our, our metal brothers and sisters who we've lost, we always uh, salute them on the podcast. Um, and uh, Trevor, uh, you've been a gentleman. We thank you so much um, for, for your conversation, for your honesty, uh, and for your candor tonight. And just, uh, again, darkforceslive.com is where people can go if they have any questions uh, about this January 2nd internal bleeding live stream at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I got all yep. that right, right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. You hit it right yeah. on the head of the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Allegedly. Alleg- pause, as we say up here in New York. No, I'm taking uh, back that allegedly yeah, from yeah. New York. But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, it, obviously we said internal bleeding. I don't even know, Trevor, uh, um, if we told you. We, we did this whole thing right. We, we're going to have you uh, and, and this episode up on Christmas Day. And then for January 1st, the day before the internal bleeding live stream, we're talking to Chris Prevelis of Internal Bleeding, so we're going to be hammering. Okay, cool. We're ramming this thing down people's throat, all right? Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. Jam it. Yeah. <laughs> jam it and ram it. Yeah, yeah. just like Rob Halford. No double entendres, all right? Whoa, whoa. Uh, all right, but, uh, but yeah, hey, all right. Let, no, we love Rob. Yeah, no, of course, man. It's 2020. Only, only respect. Yeah, everybody, only respect. everybody's invited to the metal He's show. talking about dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. to clear things up, just I like yeah. Justin just puts it out there. No, for it's Christmas. We gotta for, the yeah. for the listeners, for the listeners. Yeah, I love you guys. All right, so Trevor, uh, it's a it, this is a good place to end it on because it's going off the rails and getting filthy. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but brother, we thank you so much, especially considering hey. uh, there was a little miscommunication and uh, and uh, at, at the beginning, but it all worked out. We appreciate your time, man. Hey, I appreciate it too, man. Uh, Again, I'm sorry that I was flaked out. No, <laughs> you didn't. You hung in there. You hung in there. Wait, you wait, did, yeah, yeah. did you catch? Any, did you catch anything? Yeah, we yeah. We, that's we one thing we didn't ask it. you. Did you catch anything while you were down at the dock? Yeah. Did you catch any fish? No, today? it was real wind. Yeah, it was windy as shit. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. And, yeah I was like, I ended up drinking beer. Kept caught a buzz. 
I love it. We've all had those fishing trips, man. Speaking well, my language. Hey, that's why they call it fishing and not catching, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's we've that's not the first time we've said that on this show, God brother. Goddamn right. Uh, well, I'm so happy yeah. right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. we did we didn't have to say any of the fishing stuff tonight. You said it all, man. Uh, Trevor, awesome. we hope to catch uh, Obituary live again uh, one day after all this bullshit is over. But until okay. then, we'll be checking darkforceslive.com for the live streams. Uh, and maybe, okay. we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll squeeze in a fishing trip down there in Florida one day, too. Who knows, man? But thank you for your okay. time. Yeah. Um, we'll be checking for Obituary and for darkforceslive.com. Man, you have a great night and a great holiday, brother. Hey, y'all too, man. Y'all have a wonderful week and everything. <laughs> Thanks, Holidays and whatever you call it. Fuck yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you so much, man. Cheers, brother. Hey, y'all be good. Appreciate be good, brother. Man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, man. Y'all take care. burning just put another log on yeah i love that you know speaking of putting another log on i didn't want that interview to end no, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. not shout out to trevor uh paris our guest tonight from obituary and darkforceslive.com uh who's hosting that inaugural uh first internal bleeding live stream this january 2nd at yeah. 5 p.m eastern time. i will uh log on to that for sure <laughs> ah yeah i will yule log on to that <laughs> myself my good man uh, you know, shout out to Trevor. That was a great conversation, man. We appreciate his candor, man. Fun guy. I wish Hell I was yeah. drinking a beer on that fishing pier with him. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't afford to be late to the show. Maybe you can, Will, but, you know, I got to set up the rig. I'm late to the show every day, uh, and the listeners just don't know because of that production magic. Yeah, I just got a new, like, like holder for all my fishing rods down in the garage, man. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at them, like, this week, and then... It's all about the rig. You know, it's yeah. it's so damn cold right now. I just can't wait. You, know, you got to get one of those things for the front grill of your pickup truck where the fishing rods are on the front bumper and you're looking at them while you're driving. Uh, I know that. Because yeah. yeah. it's like that's that's you're keeping your, your eyes on the prize. That's it's where the carrot. Yeah, it's the carrot. Yeah, you're, it's driving the carrot. The, yeah. you're driving the dock at all times. Yeah. I mean, look, what a good show. We can do Jeep Talk another time. I, I was just dropping a hint for people who wanted to get me a Christmas present. That's what I want. I want Full the fishing hint. rod holder. <laughs> I want a fishing rod holder for the front of my Jeep with an obituary logo on it. Okay. Do it. <laughs> Listen, happy holidays to you and yours. Uh, from us and the good folks at Atlas Brew Works of Washington, D.C. Yeah, what a, di- what, a, what a different kind of stimulus from D.C. Yeah, popping those so beers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the government's doing for me. I don't know what any politicians are doing for me down there in D.C., mm-hmm. but I know Atlas Brew Works got my back, That's all right? right? And they can have your back, too. Uh, let me look on the side of the can here. You just got to pop on down to www.atlasbrewworks.com. You can order a beer or two or three or four for your friend. Drink them responsibly this holiday season, why don't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Christmas. We're, we're, we're here. Uh, we interviewed uh, Trevor from Obituary. We did it. You didn't. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Uh, but just like you can go to uh, go to that atlasbrewworks.com, you can go to heavyholepodcast.com. Yeah, oh, all right? Good. It's not all about the sponsors. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's about us. Um, wow, and you what can, a good website. You can sponsor the podcast by going to that website and clicking the link that brings you to our Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and Happy Hanukkah and all that stuff to our Big Fish, by the way, on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you contribute to the Patreon. You get some links to videos earlier than everybody else does. You get mm-hmm. bonus content, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of slick stuff every month we throw up there for you. Uh, it gets crazy. We're not we're not doing the OnlyFans thing yet. We're gonna see how twenty twenty one gets um, with the, with the, um, yeah, with the finances. My, I'm working, trying to get those abs. New Year's. So. Yeah, mm, yeah. We'll be, we'll be over there. I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't have abs. Every uh, every week I'll be doing uh, top six uh, death metal bands of the week on each ab. So we'll uh, <laughs> what we'll get that. That's does pretty that, cool. Does that math even add up? Yeah. Look, you it, can check out my my flesh god. If if it means more people are going to throw Patreon uh, money at us so we can keep uh, buying uh, legal medical marijuana, allegedly, that Cuomo is hopefully going to legalize in 2021, allegedly, uh, I'm all for it. We got news. Uh, um, Starting in the second week of January, we will have T-shirts and patches for sale on the Heavy Hole Podcast uh dot com yeah. slash shop. Shout out to everybody up there on the pre-orders, pre-ordering yeah. the shirts, uh, not not cheaping out on us. Yeah, um, thank you, you very know, much, We could depend on somebody out there. No, I'm just mm-hmm. playing. Uh, you're going to be able to order them. There's music coming. Uh, you can check out that Dangerous Thing. Wow. Yeah, what a great recording. Wow, fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Tom. Yeah, the two of these guys, nice. plus Paula Paguntalan, I'm not involved in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm well, a listener. I'm a fan. Thank I'm you so much. Yeah, we'll have cassettes I'm out, a listener. Uh, mm, thank in, you. in the new year as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm working on my project. I'm actually just going to make a limited edition to three cassettes and randomly <laughs> place them at thrift stores on Long Island. Fuck yeah, dude. So the, get up the here. media you section. And then, like, yeah, and then you buy clues. Yeah, so look out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep on the lookout. That's yeah, very yeah, good. The, he- the heavy hole thing, the heavy hole... Uh, Heavy Hole uh, Records, that is a thing. Yeah. And we'll be rolling out. If you're on the Patreon, you'll be getting all that stuff. You don't mm-hmm. need to yeah. pay for it because you're already helping us out. You're making it happen. Dreams come true. That's right. Yeah. So that's heavyholerecords.bandcamp.com. You know, oh, I, keep, I, keep, I love it. Keep, wow. uh, keep an eye out. We're pushing it out. Put, right. put, put things on. There. Listen, uh, darkforceslive.com is all your information for that internal bleeding live stream at 5 p.m. Eastern time on January 2nd. Thank you very much to Trevor Perez mm-hmm. from Obituary for talking to us about it. We're going to talk to um, Chris Prevel of internal bleeding next week even more about it ram it down your throats but listen uh we've been talking about this whole live streaming thing guys it's christmas i gotta go home uh and open up a present and by that i mean pop open a, a budweiser again yeah. um because we're running out of this beautiful atlas Brewworks beer uh, yeah. we've been drinking it all holiday season by the way i'm taking an uber home do not drink and drive this holiday season be responsible uh but listen justin yeah um uh since I, I'm having uh, an Uber ride home sure. and I'm driving and I'm not I'm not driving I'm being responsible. I'll check the fridge. How many more beers are there? Oh, it's, uh, this is just one. It's mine. Merry Christmas. Everybody.